0: Scanning and barbecue. My name is Awesome Watt, and I am a former hunting and fishing guy. Join me on the live stream and podcast every Thursday night. I interview guests from all over Australia and the world. Join me on my YouTube channel as I bring you highs and lows of the adventures I do with my mates and myself. So don't forget to check it out and subscribe. G'day guys, how are we all today? Um, Welcome to another episode of Bailing Scallion Barbecue and um, today I've got a good one and I feel like we're going to be on for quite a while. So um, yeah, grab a drink, um, popcorn, uh, chuck your comments in the comments section. Uh, So I've got Ben from Hunt the Night, uh, thermal expert up in Melbourne or down in Melbourne, I should say. Um, Ben is the go-to man. If you've got anything to do with thermal, uh, today is is the time to get your questions out. Um, ben is huge on the educational um, side of thermals. So if you ever have questions or anything like that, always hit um, Ben up. So all the details will be in below and the links and um, yeah, don't be afraid to, to get in there and have a chat to Ben. So uh, firstly, we're gonna get the man in himself and uh, let's have a look at him. Look at him, beautiful. How are you Ben? Yeah, good Lawson, yourself? Wonderful, mate. Wonderful. Um, I love him the beanie. It's um, unreal. It look must be cold there still,
1: eh? Uh, mate, it is. And I've been in makeup for hours. I couldn't get this white look out of my face at all. Yeah. So if I'm a little washed out, I, I apologise.
0: <laughs> mate, you're looking. You are looking a bit pasty. Too much. Too much is obviously happening in the shop, and you can't. Um, you can't get on camera. What's going on there, mate?
1: Uh, for, for, for me, it's it's always been about the product, you know. But um. But I, I, t- tonight, we'll, we'll do things a little bit differently. You know, I mean, look, um, you know, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, I, I you often only see my arms. <laughs> um, but that's kind of by design, you Now I'm in a chair that's been a little bit dodgy, so we'll see how well it goes, but I might be rearranging it. Don't stress. Yeah, so, no, we've always, like, you know, when I started these videos, I... I'm I'm a real visual learner, right? Like, you know, even at school, you can you can my 14-year-old son, he keeps telling me how much better at maths he is than me. And and, and he is, okay. Because yeah. I you know, but, but teach me a concept with with my hands or visually seeing something and pulling something apart. Um, that's I'm how so I good. learn, you know, and, and that's how I like to teach, you know. So the whole flavor of my, my YouTube has never been about me being on youtube it's been about this is the product you know this is what the buttons do this is what the it all kind of looks like
2: yeah.
1: um so you know let's have a bit of fun with it now and then too the first real live stream i've done because even my own live streams which are about product as well i don't really appear on them either so yeah yeah
0: well i i have i've, I've watched a lot of your stuff and uh like you do say for people who haven't seen um hunt the night youtube channel head over um it's uh, mate. it's it's scary how much knowledge is is out there with um especially in your brain um putting it out onto youtube it's it's um remarkable the the science behind a lot of the stuff you say because um I've had to write questions and questions and questions down because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, you know like we were you and I were just having a chat off off air and it was pretty um pretty daunting with some of the stuff we were talking about um, technology-wise because, for me, if you don't spend time, um, you know, on the product, and I, I work a full-time job. I've got three kids. Um, you know, I'm full on. I don't – I have to wake up at 5 o'clock every morning just to get everything in my day. Um, so, for you to do your shop, learn products, sell the products, um, mate, big credit to you. So, it's, um, you, yeah.
1: that. Oh, we we like it. Um, You know, and and, and it's important for us to, you know, to know the product. Like, you know, we're we're working with product already that some of it's been released, some of it hasn't, has been released, but we won't release it yet ourselves until we know it. Because I I hate getting a phone call when a customer uh, goes, how do I do this? And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not sure. I've never used it.
2: (laughs) <laughs> you know,
1: but, um, so no, I like to put everything out in the field. You know, before we, you know, and 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 and, and there's a lot of product we test that we won't sell. You know, either like, yeah, you know, for us, and I, and I think our, our product range at the moment's a little bit inflated. I must admit, and we'll probably look look at that um, over the next couple of months. But for, for us, there has to be a reason to sell it. You know, there's got to be a reason that, okay, this scope or this monocular does something in particular that makes it fit in this category so we can sell it, right? And and typically, it's the best in that category. It doesn't mean it's the best product. It just means it's the best in that category or price point or it's yeah. it, or it's good value, you know, as well for, for certain things. And... and you know, there's products from, from every manufacturer pretty much that we won't sell because uh, I don't like them yeah. or they just don't, you know, we've already got another one that we're, we're well into and supporting and, you know, all that type of stuff, you know, that there's no need. Yeah. So, you know, we're pretty picky like that. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, we'll go back to the start. Um, where are you located? We'll, we'll go bang through the questions and we'll, um, we'll talk about, more things in detail, uh, a bit down, sure. bit down further. So whereabouts you're located? Um, you know, for the for everyone, a lot of my viewers from Queensland. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to work my way up to the uh, the east, and um, yeah, I'm trying to head in towards deer country and getting colder. So
1: whereabouts you're located? And um, well, if you look, so if you look at a map out of Australia, and you picture Queensland, okay. Yeah. And I know for a lot of Queensland people, things north of Queensland <laughs> are good, but things south of Queensland. You know, aren't real good. You know, the sunshine, the sun doesn't shine as much down here. Um, so we're about an hour and a half outside of Melbourne. So we're we're in the hills of um, um, Melbourne. So the other side of the Dandenong Ranges, where and we're on the urban fringe between um, what we call the 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 rural fringe, I guess the, the rural urban fringe. So where we go from from urban areas to to rural areas. Um, so we, we live up on just a 20-acre farm up where we are and and and, and they're, they're all disappearing you know, around us. So, because Yeah, would be
2: there, down there
1: yeah we're, we're, we're kind of in that last little bit where you can actually have, you know, kind of decent acreage, you know, yeah. w- within kind of, you know, um, an hour and a half or so of the, the city. Well, this side, the eastern side anyway. So uh, a lot of the farms, even when we moved out here, you know, have all been chopped up. Uh, ours never will. We're we're up on the side of the hill, and it's in a green wedge and all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, so yeah, we're about an hour and a half out outside, yeah, on the border of Gippsland and Melbourne.
0: Okay, so is your shop in Melbourne itself, but
1: it is. Our, our shop's in Pakenham, so yeah. which is you know about an hour or so outside of outside of the city. Uh, again, towards that that urban fringe. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. So so we we have. You know, a lot of our customers are, um, you know, hobby farmers. You know, there's a, there's a huge issue with, with deer up through the hills. And, and, and then stretching out into Gippsland, you know, we've got dairy and, and, and lamb, you know, um, you know, sheep farmers. So, you know, we've got a fox issue, you know. We've got, you know, chicken farms out this way, all sorts of stuff. So we're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, pest control. We, we don't have a lot of um, contract roo shooting around where, where I am. But you know the, the, what we support at a national level is much greater. You know yeah. we uh, we work with with we work with parks, we work with uh, VicPol, um, we work with you know, various government organisations, but professional shooters, amateurs. You know um, Definitely. Uh, we yeah I know we surf rescue. Um,
2: oh Yeah, Yeah, rescue
1: yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Coast Guard bought some stuff from us recently. So yeah, we work with a whole, wow, okay. of clientele. Uh, but the majority of it is 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 hunters. Yeah, yeah. Is a is a the majority? They're coming into the store or online? Oh no, definitely online. I mean, you know, the the, the shop as busy as, as been lately, which is great. Yeah, we have only moved into this premises um, about two and a half months or so ago. Um, you know, before that, we were running from our our farm. Um, but having staff come up there and customers come up there and nah, we just, we moved it out. So, you know, the move to the shop and the transition to the shop has been great, but it's a small capture compared to a national audience, you know, as well. Um, so yeah, the, 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 shop supports, you know, the, the local area, but the online is, is quite a significant side of the business.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think you've answered the next question, but we'll, I'll ask anyway. Do you hunt? Okay, we are. I. I am a hunting channel. So, do you hunt? No, so can... That
1: that depends on who you ask. Because
0: <laughs> 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 I've so, got some. Um, I've got some cracking. Um, well, cracking footage. Um, and I, I can. I was watching it, and I straight away I knew. Um, I'm going to get on well with you because just the way that. Um, I'm going to show a little clip now, and straight away I just thought, "Wow, we, you and I are going to get on." Very well, because I because I just sarcasm at this. Are you doing some fox scrolling I guess. I
1: am, yeah. Just and, and I was back- just, this is actually I was testing a clip on. I wasn't actually expecting to see anything, so I wasn't chambered. This is just into my back paddy. Having a play with it, thought oh, I'll see what's going on. Have my 223, literally, not expecting to shoot anything. I, I'm you know, 50 meters from the house or less, you know, I'm, I'm oh, from the right? And then out comes on, um, you can hear me going, Oh, now yeah, I gotta load.
0: So, how do my mate? <laughs> uh, hey. I, I just what when you I said that to me today I, or yesterday, I just I cracked up. I was like, oh, yep, yeah, we're going to get on really well. we'll yeah, well, uh,
1: the fun I had with that one and, and the iron, the iron in the parody, what we're we going to call it this one is that's a new product we're, we're just releasing, which is called a mate clip on. So the oh. whole say, hey, good day to my mate was a reference of say, <laughs> hi to my thermal clip on, you know, and, and, well, and let it fly. Well, it so, worked out really well. It did. It worked out really well. But, um, you know, but the, but that's part of having fun. So, and, and but that leads into the, the question, am I a hunter or am I, I, or am I a, a shooter? Now, I'm a professional shooter. I'm a, a licensed wild game field harvester. Not that I really do t- too much of it because I'm a little bit busy doing other things. Um, but, you know, I, I specialise in 20 to 40 acre, you know, hobby farms uh, removing deer, you know, because of okay. where I am. And and being up in the hills, you know, noise is, is quite a... Uh, consideration to, to a lot of my customers, so yeah. being a licensed suppressor user as well, you know, adds to adds to that, and, and the way we approach it, you know, you know, as well. But I get told a lot of the time that I am a shooter, not a hunter, because I'm using thermal. Okay. I would also argue I love to stalk as well, and I've got some beautiful creek frontage at the back of my property. And it goes about six, seven hundred meters, you know, in, in, in width and about two hundred odd meters deep. And it's like a rainforest. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful getting in there and stalking. Okay. And 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 often do that with with, with glass optics and all that type of stuff as well. Um, the knowledge I need at night is the same or if not greater for the deer, specifically samba, than during the day. Okay. So it depends how we define hunting. So I need to know what my thermals are doing, and I'm dealing with catabatic with instead of anabatic winds at, at night. So it's the reverse wind. My scent is 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 going downhill, right? I've still got to know where game is, is coming from and moving. Samba, when they're in the paddock, are incredibly edgy. They're take a bite, walk, take a bite, walk. And you would have seen that in some of the footage I sent you as well. They're constantly moving. They're on edge because they don't like being out in open areas regardless, right? So, if hunting is a knowledge-based application, then I'm a hunter. Yeah. I'm not target shooting. No. You know, I can get up on them really close, but I can get up on them really close during the day. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm using a, a flex mark baller, am I now a hunter or a shooter? Because I've had deer running in at me, blowing that thing as well. Yeah. Like. Where, where do we define, where do we draw the line in terms of we've moved from using, you know, clubs and traps to bow and arrows to irons or, you know, muzzle-loaded irons, you know. Yeah. We're, move, but we're I, moving, it, moving forward all the time. We're, we're moving forward all the time. But you see, people are also limited by their own experience yeah. and And it doesn't matter what that experience is, right? We're limited by our own experience in everything. And and, and this is one of my pet hates when... Not pet hates. This is one of... The the thing that makes my job the hardest is Facebook when people put up a post, you know, what's the best thermal scope? Well, the best thermal scope to anyone is the one that they're currently using or they bought or the one they're happy with, right? But that's their only knowledge base and maybe that's two or three units.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's the same as this. If I hunt in a particular way, that's meaningful to me, Okay. Now, I would say I would probably draw the distinction a little bit between when I do pest control, I have a totally different mindset in terms of when I'm hunting or stalking, okay? My considerations are different in terms of what it is, you know, in terms of deer I'm going to remove. Um, So for me, because, you know, I'm contracted to reduce numbers, I'm, I'm taking hinds and I'm taking young stags, at the end of the day you know i'm leaving the big ones because they're not nearly as fertile yeah. um so yeah i don't know you, you tell me <laughs> based <laughs> on that why i hunter or a shooter you know
0: oh well you know like you just said the ball the ball is always moving you know we just it's um hunting industry is just changing at the moment a lot and um thermals is leading the charge and um it's scary. I, I, you know, I, I do have, uh, for the people who don't know, I do have a thermal and, um, it is very hard for me to study and learn it. And, um, know, yeah, that's why your YouTube channels come up quite a fair bit. Cause I type in how to zero your HIC micro, how to do this, how to do that. And, um, I just wish I, you know, came onto your channel earlier and, and, you know, I would have, I would have rung you and talked to you and, um, you know, I just, didn't have that knowledge at the time and I was kind of in a rush and it was, it was just one of those things. But, um, you know, the Heek Micro, if she's doing her job, um, I just wish I did a little bit more research and, and found you and talked to you a bit more before I talked to you at all. It would have been perfect. So, yeah. One of those uh, that's things. Right. We'll,
1: we'll just sell you your next one. And, you know, no, no discount. sorry. No. no. <laughs> no, no. A problem. <laughs> I do have
0: uh, some questions. Cool. So, um, sure. Um, I have one here from um, Northbound Hunting guys up in Weeper, and um, he, so Maddie Matty, Maddie's a good friend of the channel, and uh, he's asked, um, where are we going to try and find it now? Um, he doesn't want to spend a huge amount of money, um, and he uh, he's got most of his stuffs only a hundred to two hundred meters away. What would be the best setup for him? So if he's just you know, and most of it kind of just walking along, um, you know, across a swamp or something like that. How would what would he be doing? Would he want a thermal scope or a monocular, or what would be the best situation for, um, for Maddie?
1: Well, it, it, it's a good question to start. You know, do I start with a, a, a monocular or a scope? Okay, and I liken it to like this: if you're going out during the day. And, and, and it comes down to what it is you're trying to shoot, your environment and, and so on as well. And, and, but, you know, if I'm going out in, into the high country to find deer, am I going out without binoculars or am I just going to wave my gun around with my scope on it until I hope I find, see something, right? It's me. I'm, I'm that idiot that didn't,
0: um, <laughs> didn't think about that first step of well, using a binocular to find it. So.
1: Yeah, but, but, but during the day we wouldn't do that. You know, we, during the day, you know, when we're glassing, you know, faces a couple of hundred metres away, for instance, we're doing it with a good set of binos or a spotting scope. We've, we've picked a nice spot to sit. We're overlooking, a, 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 you know, a, a, a gully and there's a nice patch we can get glass on and we're sitting there watching glass. We're not waving our rifle around because it's really bad practice to do it, okay? So I think I, – I, I so to me, I, I try and draw everyone's parallels back to, you know, how would you approach this if it was daytime, yeah. okay? Because your instruments are kind of going to be the same. So, you know, in Maddie's case, what is Matty looking – what's he looking for up there? Like
0: uh, in majority, it's all pigs for him. So Yeah, so yeah.
1: In, in, in Matty's case, you know, if you're walking around during the day looking for pigs, you're going to have binos because you want to spot them six, 700 metres away, right? Yeah. So I would recommend starting with a monocular. Now, pigs are a pretty easy thing to, to find because they're a pretty big heat signature and they sit a little bit higher above – grass so typically yeah. speaking the smaller something is and the further away it is it's going to be harder to find it because the quality of heat that is radiated back to you is not as good okay especially things that are, are, are closer to the grass because the interference of, of of grass within that heat signature as well you got to remember this this is an x-ray by any means you know if if something is behind a water tank you aren't going to see it because it's behind a water tank so light travels in in straight lines So if it hits a blade of grass, that light is disrupted. So you get some signature. So, you know, pigs, you know, especially when they've been cropped on, you know, stuff like that, you know, aren't as hard to see because they're they're quite large. And they thermal bloom a bit too because the heat signature itself is quite big and and radiant in with itself, that they bloom a little. So you can use more entry-level products to find bigger things. It's the smaller things that require a little bit more higher-end stuff to, yeah. to spot it and identify, because you need that extra magnification, you know, type thing. So, you know, you, you can use those introductory level monoculars, for instance, to spot pigs five, six hundred meters away. You won't know it's a pig. You'll know it's a heat signature. But if there's yeah. no cows in the area, if there's only going to be pigs in the area, it's not going to be a rabbit because it's too far away. It's going to be no. pigs, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, it's, um... so, yeah. It's a it, yeah, like well,
0: we'll talk more about setups and stuff, but um, I going back to it, I just wish I had that information, not information, just I never thought of it like that. Um, you know, I, I've kind of slowly got my setup a bit better over time, but you know, it's just it, for me at the moment, it's just a money thing. You know, I, I could go and spend thousands of dollars and yeah, keep throwing well, money at it.
1: And, and the best bit for us is once you bought a monocular, you're going to buy a scope, so we sell you two products. No it's great yeah, but you know but but you know on, on the reverse of that, for instance, if Maddie only have a shot from a blind or a static position yeah. from a tripod or a rest or, or something like that, well, then you can make the argument maybe I don't need a monocular because I'm not going to be moving my gun around mm-hmm. it's still you know it's not great getting it, you know, yet you know I get a sore neck from it, you know working like that, but there are a couple of boxes, uh Properties where I get foxes coming in quickly from multiple directions. I don't have time necessarily to go from a handheld to a scope, but I'm shooting in a fixed shooting lane. And that's the key, right? I'm not swinging it around or anything like that. So it is a little bit dependent on how you're shooting, but generally speaking, a monocular is better to start with for a couple of reasons. So recovery, you know, we, 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 we work with a lot of professional shooters put putting monoculars above their spotlights. And We put, yeah. them, put them above the spotlight because they angle down a little bit, and their efficiency and recovery is just huge. So you know you you can you can drop a bunch of roos in in a paddock and grass where using a spotlight they're really really hard to find, but that heat yeah. signature is going to be there for hours. So you know your efficiency is gains in you know, a monocular, at, at, you get that double effect.
0: Yeah, well we'll get into the science yeah. about it after, mate. Uh, a bit bit further down the track, I'll, sure. Uh, the way I'm going with my questions, I'm going. D, 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 d. So, no, um, that's
2: We'll
0: right. oh. go back. How did you? How did you get into, them? How did you get into thermals? How did this all
1: start? Oh. Okay, it's <laughs> a good, good question. So, we moved to our farm um, almost seven years ago. Okay. And before that, we lived on a on a 700 meter block, not too far from where we live now, but half an hour from where we live now in suburbia, and and I was anti guns. Yeah. I was, yep, I was anti guns. I was, what do you need guns for? Because again, you know, we we go back to that limited by experience. My experience was guns was being exposed to uh, U.S. media and mass shootings and things like that. Okay, and. And, and, and that's a horrific place for a society to get to where the answer is, I'll just go and shoot people. You know, outside, even outside of the mass shootings, just the general gun violence they have there. It, it, it's, it's quite saddening as a, as a race to, to get to that point. So I was very anti-guns. And then we moved up to where we live. And my kids, the school they go to, they were the captains of the sheep team. So, they go to quite a rural focused school and they had a sheep team. They actually breed, they have a breeding program. They go to all the major shows across Victoria and display these sheep and, and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. And then the lambs start getting killed, you know. And, and then, you know, we've got this beautiful creek that has just been decimated by deer. And the veggie gardens are getting killed and the rabbits are and you start to get to be exposed to these problems that living in the suburbs you don't actually um you you don't see right and part of the reason we wanted to move to where we did too was was to start to take some responsibility for the environment that we actually live in because it's really easy to hide behind going down to a supermarket you know as well And, and and i'm not trying to Take that experience away from from everyone because not everyone has the opportunity to change. Okay, okay. Um, the fact is, it's part of our ecosystem in terms of how we live. That okay, so I'm not I'm not trying to belittle anyone by any means. It was a decision our family wanted to make was to try and find a, a bit more of a sustainable way to live. So that looked that required looking at our, our 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 food source. So my my wife she's put quite a great veggie garden. Um, we eat a lot of venison because we harvest it. So okay. So that's how I kind of got into the shooting side. And then I got into, I'm a real technical person. So my my background is, and this is going to shock people, because I know I just don't look that old. But when I was young, my dad came home with our first computer. And back then, we called them clones. It was an x86 IBM clone, right? It was a knockoff in today's turn. But it got something going inside of me and... You know i started building computers and teaching computers when when you know we were on that front curve through high school of of information technology i, I had to teach the class because my typing teacher because that's what she was back then she was a typing teacher had no idea about it you know we were writing viruses to infect the school's computers to like to do crazy stuff it was heaps of fun right um <laughs> so my background then became in technology and software development and I, I worked for some some pretty cool companies um in that technology uh and, and even and weapons industry you know as well so a lot of that translated then into my you know, my shooting yep and then there just wasn't the knowledge around so people were i was taking people out and guided hunts and teaching them about thermal technology and, and how it works and then COVID hit and shuttle wow. that down. So then we got into okay. Well, how do we take what we've naturally done as part of our little, you know, varmint control business? We've got a business called Beringa Varmint Control. Um, yeah. How do we take that and translate that to to get us through COVID? And it just turned into this. So
0: yeah.
1: So how yeah how
0: long has how long Hunt the Night been going for? That three uh, years.
1: Had the night as its entity, like in terms of you know web selling and stuff like that, in about yeah. two years. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. It's um, yeah. It's. <laughs> I I was gonna guess that you're a bit of a um, computer person before it all started. So it's um. You know, I wasn't can tell. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I like to think I am, but these days I'm like asking my kids how to unlock my bloody phone. Like, you know, it used to, I'm sure it used uh, to be easy.
0: My my seven year old, she's yeah, she knows more than I on phones. It's scary. So um, yeah. Talking about kids, um, I got one here of, of. Let's have a look at it if I can get it. So this is your, I believe, your da- daughter's first first no. year. No, I got the wrong one. Nah,
1: that's the wrong, wrong
0: one. Looks pretty this good. Is nice. This is one of yours. Yeah. So i got a question for you. My yeah. Hick Micro doesn't have sound. Um, yep. What kind of um, what kind of um, thermal gear has uh, microphones in it for, you know, for, for someone like me who wants to film um, who yeah. has a microphone in it so you can hear yourself talking and you know basically you know film shoot talk at the same yep. time while, while behind the camera. Is there anything like that in the market?
1: Yeah look various brands do. You know, all, all the pulsar gears is, is equipped with with microphones and, and audio um the thermtech scope so that, that was a deer I shot about two hundred and twenty meters um with a thermtech um scope so that that records audio. Uh, Infra have got various products, not all their products that do, and and the new Hick Micro products uh, are starting to come with with the audio recording as well. Um, yeah. it, it's something I wish we I get won't. asked. Yeah, look, it, it's something we get asked about a lot, you know, and especially for people who, um, I, I would say there's there's a big noise created about it on social media, yeah. but ninety percent of people don't give a shit. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> The ten percent of us that are. That are selling or educating or showing or building content and stuff like that, and want to describe it is what we're doing, why we're doing it, and that type of stuff. It's important to us, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I would but it'll, say it'll, no
0: he it doesn't give a rat's ass. It's just uh, no,
1: but more, more and more manufacturers are starting to pay attention to and develop it because, at the end of the day, it's it's this social engineering that we have, well, not social engineering. This this social media. Connections that we have and are constantly posting to and are constantly feeding this massive beast is important to all these companies. So they're having to work out okay, from a technology point of view, how do we sell this? You know, keep it's such a big one, yeah. It's a huge one,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'll keep going through the clips because it's just, um, I love this one you sent me. Um, I'll get off in it. So this is you filming uh, a couple of bucks. Yeah. Uh, what kind of gear are you using? And I'll I'll shut up in two seconds. What kind of gear are you using? And um.
1: So that one was my old um, Pulsar Trail Two XP50, and, and they would have been six hundred odd meters away. Oh wow! Um, and and I actually had. A customer out with me that night it was the first time he'd used thermal so he had another thermal device watching as well and he was just rap. we couldn't shoot it we couldn't get near it because it wasn't on a property that we're allowed on but yes. he just thought it was the best thing in the world that he could go out and see these bucks just clashing heads oh,
0: that was just yeah we've gone on the next clip now but that was um you know just awesome footage you'd never see that at night time uh, during the you know night no. Yeah, you know, if you were walking around with the spotlight, just never have no, seen that's it. Great. Yeah. So, you've got something in the grass here.
1: Yeah, um, and, and and this is one of the challenges. So this is actually on the same property but we're allowed to shoot and we're trying to figure out. And you can see the grass height. So you've got a you've got a, a fence post on the right hand side, you can see how high the grass was at the time. Yeah. And I had a trail camera down on the fence post fence post where down near the reticle down there. And I knew deer had been coming out there nightly at about this kind of time. And I was yeah. trying to figure out if that was a deer or not a deer, and it was a wombat. So, you know, but this <laughs> is the challenges when stuff you can see it's quite low to the ground within that grass. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: You've um, you've obviously got quite a few wombats down there. It's um,
1: we have all the if, wombats.
0: Like, oh, <laughs> for I, for me as a Queenslander, I just would never. Um, I've never. I've actually only seen them in the zoo, to be honest. So I've never seen them in the wild. Uh, um, it,
1: and it's funny that as you traverse this continent, the wildlife changes. Yeah. And for us, you know, we aren't allowed to shoot wombats or anything like that. Um, they are highly destructive <laughs> animals to trees and, and yeah. things. But, um, yeah, it's amazing that you can go to another part of the country and go, oh, I've never seen a wombat I'm like, really, you want some? I've got heaps, I'll ship them to you.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, your, your, your backyard had the, um, the two before in the Fox fox video yeah.
1: They're just chilling. So, um, and, and, and that little paddock was probably two acres and there's probably half a dozen wombats there on a regular night, oh, just no. in that, that little bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's um, We're going to quickly go to a, a bit of an ad break um, sure. and we'll get into small
1: To outfitters,
0: to hunting athletes and professional hunters. And you want the right camo? Check out Safari Supply Co. The Most comfortable gear on the market. So, mate, um, I have had a few people ask, but what is the science behind a ther- the thermal? Um, you know, what's the general science behind it all? Because you're talking about it on your videos. I've seen you talking and drawing it. Um, but <laughs> as a as cheat a sheet for, for someone like myself, um, you just said to me before well, on the podcast, you're saying that the, the heat signature stays there for a little while. What What's the... what's Try and explain it just for, um, dumb it up for me, of course, because um, it's something that it just, yeah, it just fascinates me, but at the same time, it's a little bit out of my pay grade probably. Well,
1: it's like, so thermal technology is passive, okay? So it's, it's listening to, to radiation and every, and everything gives off a level of heat, okay, and that level of, radiation passes through a lens and behind that lens is a sensor very much like a digital camera okay and that camera's got a bunch of sensors and the, the heat the radiation hits that that sensor and the sensor grades it it's kind of like walking down the street you know she's a 10 she's a nine she's a seven she's a 10 and but it grades it okay it grades it and it sends that information to a computer and the computer goes oh, yeah, I've got an idea what you're saying. So if I put all this together, I'm going to throw it up on this screen and it's going to look like this, okay? That's probably the easiest way to explain it. It's a little bit different to night vision where, where where night vision requires an infrared signal. So it's like using a, a spotlight. When you see a tree, that tree illuminates and your eyes see it, okay? So in infrared is is same. you broadcast to our eyes uh, an invisible beam and it'll hit something and the sensor will go oh i can see it okay but it's a bit different but it's also then quite restrictive because you know if you're standing under a tree or you're trying to look into um through fog or humidity you guys deal with a bit of humidity and you just turn on a spotlight in humidity and all you see is these bubbles in the air okay So night vision is a little bit more restricted from that point of view where thermal doesn't quite have that same issue. It, it has an issue in, in heavy fog and so on because, you know, light's going hit, to hit a, hit, a, hit a bubble and it's going to split, you know, yeah. a, as well. And some of it's going to be a particle, some of it's going to be a wave and, you know, all this other stuff that happens. But in, in reality, it's basically just, it's just a sensor going, yeah, this heat to me is this much. And the next sensor next door goes, it's this touch to me. And it's like painting a dot paint. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: No, oh, it's it, it's amazing. I yeah, like I'm still getting used to a normal scope. So um, you yeah, know, going from a normal scope to, to this, it's just a, like we were saying. The farmers, you know, have gone from using normal rectangles to now using thermals. Given, mm. gotta keep up with the um, keep up with the times because it's just it's um well it's just so helpful for one.
1: Oh look, it, it's helpful and it's become a lot more affordable over the last couple of years especially we, we, you know with the introduction and a lot of people are like oh, I don't want to buy Chinese okay well buy something that's not Chinese you know like in terms of it's hard to do that regardless okay but I mean when I was growing up everything was jap crap you know as well yeah. um, and now Japanese is the best manufactured stuff you know apparently you can buy so it's but but the introduction of these brands, um, have brought the scale of production to a point where it's now more cost effective. Because what we get in outdoor is more affordable product, not the cutting edge product. Okay, yeah. what you see in, in, in medical and, and avionics and, and space—that that stuff's cutting edge. What we get in, in outdoor is, is quite is, is affordable. So these manufacturers have brought that down, so the cost of production has come down. so therefore we're seeing now better quality product and we're seeing a lot more competition because some of these bigger sensor manufacturers that were never in outdoor are now in outdoor because they're very big in medical they're very big in security they're very big in military but they're looking for growth markets like every business does um so you know we've been yeah we've been hit by this influx of product over the last two years and and some of it's really good and some of it's just shit so yeah
2: yeah
1: so um if for let's just say, old Joe rocks up to
0: you, um, mm-hmm. he's just saying to you, "Hey Ben, uh, I've got some rabbits and the odd fox and pig coming through. Uh, I need to get rid of it. What would be? Um, well, what's your what's your process? So, um, yeah, well, tell us the process of how you would sort this problem out for him.
1: So the process is 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 for a start, I, I never ask what someone's budget is. Okay, because I I don't want to be bound by prejudices, you know, in terms of saying, okay, I've got this much to spend so we'll make this work, okay? Yeah. So I I always start with what is the smallest thing at the longest distance, and we'll talk scopes for the moment, what's the smallest thing at the longest distance we're going to shoot and is that going to be done often, okay? Because if it's – because when – the point, you know, what I'm trying to establish is what is the optical magnification, so the base magnification of the scope that's going to be required to do the job? Because it, here it is, pen. every time you zoom in, um, you crop the image. Yep. And so every time you, you, you zoom in, you crop it to one quarter of the actual pixels that are used by the sensor. Uh, yep. People will say half, but half is is actually one, one quarter in this. So the, the quality of image becomes degraded while you do it because a few things happen. One, software kicks in because now you've still got a high-resolution screen in the back that you've got to fill with pixels, but now you've got a lot less pixels to do it. So software kicks in and, and you get all these algorithms that are trying to clone pixels and, and, and all this other type of stuff. Okay? So the picture quality starts as well, and you would have experienced that as you zoom in as well. Okay? Yeah. So we want to look at first matching the the, the best optical magnification for what you're doing. But if you're only going to shoot a fox at 250 meters occasionally, and you're going to shoot rabbits with a 22 all the time, there's going to be a little bit of compromise because you don't want this narrow field of view. Because every, you know, if we increase the magnification of 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 the scope, the field of view narrows, right? Which isn't real great for shooting rabbits. Yeah. So you've got to establish what their baseline really is, what they're going to use it for, because there's going to be possibly a compromise in in what they do. Okay. okay. You know, p- people come to go, oh, I just want to shoot foxes. I don't want to shoot deer. I'm like, okay, so you want to shoot the hardest thing for the scope, you know, because it's small, it's dynamic, it's moving a lot. It's a tiny target, you know. Um, and, they, and, they, and then they go, oh, yeah, you know, your target for a deer is, is huge, um, you know, depending on, on, on where you're shooting it. But generally speaking, you know, most people shoot an engine room. It's a pretty big target. Or well, even, even a neck, you know, I should neck shoot all my stuff. It's, it's a pretty big target. So you've got to match that optical magnification. And then, so I, I, I've always approached it in we have needs, okay, and then we have considerations. So the need yeah. is what is the optical magnification to do the right job? And then it's considerations. Okay, what does it look like? How is it mounted? You know, do I have, you know, like a, you know, if, if I can't get a Picatinny rail for this type of rifle, like, you know, Ruger M77 Mark IIs, for instance, are a pain in the ass to work with this. You can get yeah. great rings for them. Excellent. So really we want a ring mounted Ring mounted yeah. because it's going to mount best, right? Um, you know, battery systems. You know, what are the battery systems like? How long are we going to bout for? Are we going to be using a clip on or not a clip on? Because clip ons are really versatile, but they're, they're a little bit, you've got to understand them and how to get the best out of them. So, you know, so then you've got to go through these considerations and, and you work out, okay, this is my optical magnification. This is then going to dictate my lens size and my sensor size. The sensors come in various different sizes and, and the cost of manufacturing is quite different between them. Um, here's a range of what you can look at yep. not once have I said how much have you got to spend because that bit actually isn't important because I don't want to influence it because they may come back and go you know what Ben I can't afford four and a half thousand dollars for a scope but I can spend two and a half thousand on a monocular instead yeah. okay cool then why don't we try this let's find the right monocular for you and because you're shooting rabbits or foxes let's put a red light on your, on your scope Instead of a white light, let's make that change and see how yeah. that goes. And maybe for now, that's going to be enough until you can get into that you know, next yes. level. So it's, it's understanding people's needs first. Yeah. Um, and, and often we start the conversation with, OK, well, how are we going to find them first? So let, Let's look at monoculars. But a lot of people can't afford a monocular endoscope. So we do try and start with monoculars. But, again, it comes back down to that, but hang on a bit, I'm just going to sit in the blind. You know, I'm going to, I, I've got a 20-metre window that I'm going to shoot down type thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, I, I've sat in blinds for hours and hours on end and, and never picked up my binos because my, my scope's just sitting there. I could just have a quick look through it. So, um, so that, that's kind of the process that I try and drill down on rather than going, oh, well, how much you want to spend? You can buy this one. Because yeah. you know, when you take that approach, you don't understand the need. Yeah. You've got to understand someone's need in order to service them correctly. Yeah, and I, um, I not phone calls. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I was, was going to say, I bet you, I bet I you get, get about watch. seven
0: phone calls a day.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, we, we we're pretty, we get a few. <laughs>
0: I bet, I bet. Um, just for the for the the newbies, because well, um, BSB tries to educate a lot of people. What's what is the difference between the red light and the white light? What is that? Um, you know, for the animal, what kind of situation? Um, what does that um, mean? Well, well,
1: one's red. <laughs> one's I, honestly, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know the science necessarily behind it. Um, red is probably less invasive to their eyes or less stunning, so it probably shields them. It, it probably allows them to still see. Okay, where a white light is blinding to to, any, to all of us, you know, you look at a white light as opposed to look at a red light. So it, it probably, I'm going to say, it relates more to that that they're not as then skittish, but what it allows you to do, especially with a fox, if you've got a monocular and you've got yourself lined up and you know where it is and turn that red light on at the last second, you know, and if you're calling them in with, with calls and stuff like that, you know, I, I think with, with pigs, I think you guys have better success with a green light than a red light. Um, but, you know, and, and probably for those same kind of, you know, reasons where it's just less blinding to the animal so it, it doesn't make them as, 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 ooh, what's going on here type thing.
0: Yeah, the, the holy crap moments.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I, love, I love, I love this video yeah. you sent me. Um, so you're obviously doing a contract this night. Um, yep. Talk us through what's um with the obviously you've got the square above um, the main screen. What's to yep. go with that,
1: mate? So I don't always use picture and picture, but this is what's called picture and picture. Okay. Yep. And and Pulsar do picture and picture really well, and Thermtech do picture and picture really well. Where you get to keep this really wide field of view down below, and you get a narrow field of view up top. Okay. So what it's yeah. allowing me to do is a make sure I'm shooting in a in a really safe direction. But because I've got multiple deer there, and I want to try and take multiple animals, I get to yeah. see where it's going. Yep. So I get that narrow field of view for shot placement and you can see the image is quite degraded compared to the the bigger yeah. image because of the magnification. But that's okay, but I get to see what's going on and I get to go, okay, cool, can I take this shot? And if I can, where's the next one going to go? You know, yeah. or if I don't land it perfectly, I get to see where it's run, you know, because this, what you can't see in this thermal with that tree line behind them drops straight away into a, into a very heavy bush and a creek, right? Yeah. So I've got to be able to see where they're going to go if I if I don't get the shot that I want, and and this is part of the reason why Next Sheet, specialising in such smaller type properties, yeah. um, I drop them on the spot. So I don't, you know, I'm not often finding them. Yeah. So I don't I don't always use this, but I, I do because I, I find it a little bit distracting as well. But I do often use it in 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 situations like this.
0: Yeah, it's a great clip. Qu- quick quick question: What's that to the right? Um, so you got the two deer. Is that another wombat to the right, or a, or just a no? One?
1: I think that was actually a wallaby because there's a little ridge there. No, that one's a wombat. It's two wombats. Okay. A wombat, and it's uh, a, there's a baby wombat with it from memory.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a great bit of footage. Um, just so clear. And also this one here. Um, I love. I watched this one a few times. You are talking in it, but um, you can pick up the antlers of this fella. Oh, yeah. Um, like yeah. Is this a Samba mate or Samba? No, it's a Samba. Deer.
1: Yeah. And there were multiple deer in the in this paddock and there's a follow-on video for this one. And I'll actually put this one up on our Baringa Varmin Control one and explain what I was doing here and why I didn't shoot this one. And, and this goes back down to that reduction of numbers. And there's a couple of things. There's always a competing interest in me when I see antler at night, okay, because there's that mm-hmm. whole, I love to stalk the animal, right? Yeah. But then I've got like, well, oh, I've obviously got to reduce numbers. So for me... This isn't a deer I'm interested in shooting. This actually, this this sambar actually helps me keep the numbers down. Um, what you see, I don't think you have got the other video there, but right next to me, literally just over that fence there is a smaller is a smaller deer uh, with it with antler, and I actually removed him from from this property that night. There were about six or seven deer in this paddock, and I mean he was a good looking head, like you know yeah, you uh, want to yeah. yeah, I know. It's quite yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm 20 25 meters from this guy as well. I'm oh, very wow. yeah, that close. Yeah, wind was in my face. I'd, I'd actually walk down about 200 meters, oh 43 meters. I'd walk down about 200 meters to get to this this spot. And again, this is where you know this property I actually came to at this time because of that wind direction. You know as well. Yeah. This is where, where that hunting element is still part of it. Um, but he wasn't the one I was interested in because I knew they where they're all there. I just wanted to get some cool footage of him. Yeah. I shot the smaller one. and let him go because that was going to help me reduce numbers more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, the regular watcher, um, just put in a good little uh, little comment there saying, "Not many boys have the ethical that ethical mate." So well done. Um, oh geez. I've got this. I, I I love looking at this one as well. I, I watched this one a few times. Um, going, mad, yeah, she's she's she's.
1: <laughs> Uh, well, that first clip you showed was actually one of these that I shot. So wow. what you don't see here is I've got to this property a little bit late and these guys had got up into the, um, the fruit trees, which was kind of to the right and behind me. Um, but I can't shoot them from this angle because behind them is another property much further down, mate of mine's property, but his house is in that direction. Okay, So I can't shoot in that direction. Uh, If they were in his paddock, I'd be allowed to shoot him because his house is down there. But I wanted to get some footage. But I'm standing in rose bushes. Like, (laughs) like, I'm getting scratched. You can see it there. You can see, you know, the periphery of that image there. I'm standing in these rose bushes getting scratched to buggery, not being able to get a shot on it. And I'm actually trying to bump them down a little bit as well, out into the paddock where I can actually get a shot because I've actually got to get a little bit more to the right and then face left in order to get a shot. You know, as well, yeah. Um, but man, was I getting scratched up? <laughs> it's yeah, it's just, it's just it's such a nice clear
0: picture. Um, like, like as they're walking away, I'll see if I can go back once I remove this and I'll um, this at the end of it. It's just such a nice clear. Uh, where right. are we? It's just like you know how you basically see the hair on it if you zoomed in. Um yeah, it it's it
1: just this scope is a is an exceptional scope so th- this is what's called the thermtech airy 660 and it's 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 one of two optical zoom scopes so that little 60 down the bottom is is in a 60 mil field of view so it's it's actually got optical zoom in the scope so you actually um, have better quality of image when you're zoomed in um, because it's optical you've got digital as well but it's an exceptional scope it's it's I, I mean, I, I cycle out my scopes a lot on my rifles. Yeah. This one's stuck on my on my rifle for a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I, I, that was going to be my next question: is you're obviously just trying. Like, how often are you spending out? Like, do you, do you even sleep? Because uh, like you've been going through different models, and like, what would be a normal week for you with this whole you know going through the deer and uh, going through obviously shooting deer for your, for one of your jobs, and also dealing with um, you know obviously yeah, the, deer, the, the knowledge the, of working stuff out
1: the the deer harvesting and the knowledge kind of goes hand in hand so you know you get to play with this product and get to know it use it in the field get to feel what the buttons are doing you know buttons you know as well how easy it is, is to use you know all that type of stuff so yeah. it kind of goes hand in hand i, I will say as much as I've hated the weather patterns we've had in in Victoria the last couple of months, because I've hardly been out shooting at night for the last kind of four months or so, I've really enjoyed it, you know. As well, <laughs> but now the weather's clearing up, and I'm getting out into the field a lot more. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it kind of goes hand in hand because you know the the job of shooting, yeah. So this is the one that I bumped out, um, yeah. And. Sorry, the, the I'm not-
0: job- I'm pressing buttons and we're talking at the same time. So, yeah, so, 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 so
1: the, the, the job of shooting is kind of always exciting because I've always got that then I'm also learning and playing with with something new. And yeah. you can see the rosebush, you know, in front of me on the image there. it's um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so you're always learning, you know, in, in that environment as well. And sometimes you come home and go, shit, I wish I didn't take that scope out because it wasn't what I wanted to do. But a lot of the time it's like, hey, cool, I'm learning something tonight. I'm gathering footage and that becomes part of our education process as well. So. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But there are times that I'm like, eh, and I'm a bit over this, but hang out, <laughs> you know. So, but the, the, the beauty of, like, yeah, the, sorry, the beauty no. is I get to choose, you know, a bit more when I do that now, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, is is home far from the shop? Like, are you driving?
1: Uh, we're about 20 minutes from the shop. Yeah. No, Which that's is right. you know, nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, I'm just trying to think of the, You'd be a very busy man trying to get from shop to uh, to paddock to, um, you know. Yeah, I,
1: I've got I've got some really good staff. So what one of the things we did um, earlier this year, we, we brought Steve on, who's a, a really good mate of mine. He's been a good mate for a long time. We've always enjoyed discussing business, you know, and, yeah. and the way we do things and empowering employees and, and all that type of stuff. So... Um having him come on a couple of months ago has been fantastic and having Mark start with us a couple of months back too, who does all our logistic work, has actually freed up a lot of my time, Yeah, Um, my wife would argue. (laughs) I do feel I can spend a bit less time uh, at the shop and people these days, when they call, they're generally going to get me either me or Steve, you know. It used to just be always me and, yeah, so... It's, yeah, it, it's busy, but it's busy for the right reasons at times yeah. too. Yeah. Um, am, always- yeah, I'm having some significant time off over December. Like, so, you know, December we go to Perth for a couple of weeks to see my, my brother over there. Then I go to SHOT Show in, in Vegas and then we come oh, back wow. two days later. We're off to a cruise to New Zealand for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> nice. I am going to take some time off. Yeah, I'm <laughs> off the SHOT Show. So I'm really enjoying, yeah, that. that should be fun. That'll so, be
0: huge. That'll be, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: experience so yeah no, no, i'm looking i'm looking forward to that so yeah i
0: think i I did see a post a while ago like a few years ago is that where they go the guides the everyone goes to and they're basically showing off new products yeah it's
1: it's an industry only event so you can't be part of the general public and you've actually got to prove your credentials um in order to be (laughs) the issue uh your credentials i guess yeah um, but, yeah, you, you get a lot of stuff, you know, there. Like the – I used to work for a, a company called Lockheed Martin and you have these aviation shows. The best shows were the trade days before the actual public days because that's when all the cool stuff's there, you know, as well. Um, but, yeah, it's – yeah, so I know I haven't been to Shot Show before in, in, in the US, so, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm quite looking forward to going to that just to see what's there, you know, not necessarily thermal, just, just to see what's there.
0: Yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple more questions and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Oh, what have I done? I've done something. I apologize. Let me no, it back still to- here. You're still there. I've yep. uh, dropped, dropped my phone. And, um, what last couple of questions? So, uh, obviously, not for just me, but um, I have had one guy um comment, What is the best way to zero in your scope? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, that and, depends, that depends okay. on who you ask. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, um, I've seen guys use ice. I've seen guys – yeah, I, yeah. Is, there a, is there a cheat sheet that you can provide?
1: I'll, I'll tell you how I do it, okay? okay. Using, using heat warmers ice – now, I've got something going on. I'm echoing a little. Um, using heat warmers ice, you know, all that type of stuff, it creates a thermal bloom. So the target becomes bigger than what it actually is. So what I do is actually use foil. So I'll, I've got uh, either, you'll see in some of the videos, some really small round bits of foil or a one-inch square piece of foil. And the key to using foil is to tilt it back on a 20-degree angle towards the atmosphere because the atmosphere is always cold. So if you've got your thermal scope on black hot, the foil will come up white, but it doesn't bloom. You get nice, crisp image out of it, Okay. And then yeah. what I do is I take my first shots at it and i always shoot a group of three. And then I'll go look at my target. Oh, okay, I'll step back. I bore sight at first like you traditionally would a scope. Yep. Then I'll take my shots. I look at my target and I'll place a second piece of foil on where the point of impact is. Okay. Because all, yeah. these, all these scopes, you know, they've got, they've got this thing called one shot zero, which is a really bad name. It should just be assisted zeroing where it shows where your point of aim is and then you can move the reticle to where the point of impact is. So having that secondary piece of foil there shows me where that point of impact is. So I keep a point of aim at point of aim, move the reticle to the point of impact, save it, shoot again, and hopefully I'm good. So that's yeah. how that's how I do it, and that's good out to about hundred odd meters. And I don't, and and then from there, I, I wouldn't say zeroing thermal beyond hundred meters is is always easy, unless you're starting to use things that will create a, a, a heat bloom. Um, yeah. And I then it's if just looking at
0: targeting but That's just being terrible.
1: Oh, it's great for your steps, oh, you know, or I just jump in my Polaris Ranger and drive up and down. But yeah. I mean, typically, I'm zeroing at about 50 meters because you know, we, we built this horse arena a couple of years ago. We're a very horse oriented family, yeah. And typically speaking, horse arena is about 40 meters in length, and 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 I wanted it at 50 meters. And my wife's like, well, why is it 50 meters? You know, I said, because I built a range that you can ride a horse on, you know, I didn't, I didn't build your arena. so um. But then for me, then it's working out. Okay, well, what's my ballistics anyway? Because you know, one inch high at 100, you know, at 50 meters for me, with a 308, is sufficient for my shooting out to about 150 250 meters without worrying about my holdover and point of impacts. And 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 that also then comes down to you know, people go, how far do you got to zero? Well, that really is is projectile dependent as well. If you're shooting, you know, 308 subsonics, you got a zero at it. You got to know your yardage at 25, 50, 75, 76, 77. Seventy-eight, you know, type meters. So, um, but if you're shooting 204, 223, that's incredibly flat. You know, you can work out what your ballistics are and just account for that anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's um, it's something that I've struggled with, but I've kind of worked out. People who've watched my videos, um, one came out last week. I was ready to leave the gun in the paddock, but I found out it's um, it's the, <laughs> it's, the it's the it's the barrel and the gun, not the scope. So I was ready to leave everything yeah. in the paddock and walk away. Um, but it was. Uh, yep. It was a, well, it's called The Weekend of Hell, the, the, the clip. So um, it was definitely oh,
1: a that. Uh, <laughs> it's,
0: it's just watching yeah. me have a weekend of, of just absolute shit. So um, it's okay. It's one of those things that just, it happens and it's hunting. So um, yeah. I, I've got one more question. I keep putting my phone away now. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. So if you had a place to hunt, dream anywhere in the world, where would it be?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And, and it does to... No, no, I, I would love to hunt tar in New Zealand, I reckon.
0: Yeah. Although
1: um, well, there's this, this, this is meter episode in the last series as well where they were hunting, I think they were goats in this really rocky mountainage area type as well. I'd love to do something like that, you know, yeah. because. You know, we are so blessed where I am in Victoria that we've got amazing premium deer hunting. Like, it is, it's an amazing area we've got out through Gippsland and the high country and stuff, right? So we're a little bit spoiled anyway, as it is. You know, I mean, I love going down my back creek. It's a great place to hunt. But I reckon I love to go up, you know, in some of those mountains, hunt tar or, you know, things like that. Some of those, yeah. But, you know, I'm happy to
0: go. You You head out and... Like do you head out and do much day stuff or is it just most majority night time?
1: No, look, most of it's night time. I'm hoping to free up enough time, you know, over, over the next period, period of time where we can start doing it. Because one of the things we're going to build here at Hunt the Night is not just a shop. It's going to be an experience centre. So I've got a mate of mine who does a lot of that type of work lined up to start with us uh, hopefully kind of next year-ish where we'll start running not thermal adventures but because we're expanding into glass optics as well, yep. um, but hunting adventures. You know, so whether that's you know three or five day hunt out in the high country, so you know we'll about it sell you everything to go with it. Um, yeah. So you know, hopefully we'll spend a bit more time with that as well because I, I do love it. I, I love being out at bush. I love camping. Camping is something as a family we do a lot of. Um, although these days a lot of it's caravanning and that's a really nice upgrade. That's
0: what um, to complain about there. I'd rather be <laughs> caravanning.
1: Than camping. No, it's. It, it, for my, my first two children, they've got a year nine camp down at what's called a place called Wilson's Prom down here, which is on, on the, the ocean. It's a beautiful place to go and it's hiking and all this type of stuff. But it's at a really shitty time of year. It's in that transition kind of between February and March where the weather just turns to crap. And the last two times I've done it, I've done it in my swag. And it's, you know, the last, it was just horrific weather and so my son who is 14 he's in year nine next year and he's going and i'm always committed to going i said okay jack i'm coming but i'm bringing the caravan and you're not allowed to sleep in it I, i'm you know <laughs> i'm staying because we I, I stay with the kids that are at a base camp you know the teachers at base camp rather than go out and do those you know five-day hikes i told him i'm not doing that uh, but I'm, I'm bringing the caravan because i'm sick <laughs> of the weather in my swag uh, i i
0: um i've got a hun- I did a while back with um Dan Gould and I'm had out there this weekend, thank God. And um his mates rocked up and they brought their caravan and Dan and I were sleeping in, in his um little old camper van, not camper, it was just the old, you know, yep. tent style. I, I didn't yep. complain complain it was is awesome, but these boys are heading into a, a nice caravan where the TV is oh. on the footies so and the beers are cold and Dan and I sleep in the camper. and I was just like, oh, Um, I've got to Man. upgrade really. need to find find more more money first to to buy a caravan but it's one day.
1: I will say for me, those outdoor trips it's never the hunt that I take away from, it's the fun and the enjoyment and the mates, the the sitting around at night around a campfire and having a yarn, like you know, I don't if if you were to go, hey Ben come on, let's go out for five days hunting I'm going to go, yeah okay cool but um who's coming yeah. <laughs> you know who are we going That's with because not- maybe i don't want to go you know
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. so and, definitely- and, 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 you, and and you could put me in the best hunting spot in the world with guaranteed results and blah 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 but if i don't like the company i'm just not going to enjoy the experience and i think we all share that too you know yeah. um you know, it's, it's yeah.
0: so important my um my old man was a big one for that um you know he it was pretty strict. We'd do a Cape York or a Northern Territory trip every year. Uh, we'd try and go every year. And, um, you know, your mates want to, oh, can we come? And my old boy would be like, can you deal with him for more than a day? And I'm like, oh. I know. <laughs> and, yeah, it comes down to if you can sit in a car with them for 12 hours, hop in a boat with them, And, like, my brother and I, we'd, we'd easily drive eight hours and jump straight in the boat and go fish for five hours and, you probably say a paragraph of words to each other, um, yeah. But you you got on fine. There was no issues. Where you take the wrong person, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a shitty trip. It's gonna be a long, long time, and you know it gets uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, no, look, it does. And and you know, even in those silences, you have those shared experiences. And you know, I've done a lot of hunting from blinds where you know we're just dead quiet. We're not saying a word. We're sitting there for two hours, like just scared, shitless, making a noise, and the deer won't come into the paddock or something like that. But afterwards, you know, when you've got a couple on the ground, the job's been done. It's like, man, it was just such a cool experience. We didn't say a word, you know, but it was just the being there with someone you can share that quiet with is uh, is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah.
0: And knowing the person that can sit there and, um, you know, experience that with you is, is you know, like, for for whoever you know, your mates doing that, you know, you know, you have to sit there and be quiet, and that it's, it's so hard to find someone who can do that and have that bond with them. Um, and mm. you know, normally you walk away from it and go, that was cool, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you didn't have to say anything to him. You just said, oh, you yeah, know, we were nice and quiet, and results showed." So, it's um, yeah, you know, the best. So,
1: yeah, and then if I've got a newbie with me, I will just let them gut it. Here you go. You know, I'll enjoy the rest of that quite. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. Drag it out and sit down. No, I don't do much cutting up anymore. It's good. of um, cutting up's kind uh, of.
1: I've got an amazing mobile butcher. Um, John's mobile butchering. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a plug because he, he's the nicest guy. Because he still does my deer for me, but uh, and and he, you know, he has taught me so much about shooting, just yeah. because of his butchering. He shoots as well, um, yeah. but you know, I used to engine room shoot yeah. and cause you know, it, 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 it's easy and that's what you're taught, but yeah. we'd lose a heap of meat because the shoulder, you know, we had two buckets, one sausages, one mince, you know, and the sausage bucket, you look at it, go, oh, some pretty ordinary meat in there. right? but you'd lose a lot of that, that, that shoulder and meat and blah, blah, blah. And, and then he would be digging out, you know, he didn't enjoy blunting his knives on the, on the shrapnel and all that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. So then he said, you know, then I got changed over to neck shooting and, um,
0: and, and even
1: engine room shooting, you know, these smaller properties that I'm working on, you'd lose them because they'd run and they jump a fence and they jump someone's fence. You don't have access to, or they'd get down into a gully that you can't find them no matter what you do, um, and you start creating problems for people. Um, ever yeah. since I started, next year, I, I've, I've never lost a deer, and I, and and the the meat loss, you know, so has is. We just don't have meat loss and wastage. And, and and part of our value statement that we, we propose to our customers is we reuse 100% of the animal. So oh. when we – yes, well, except the guts. We leave the guts. But when we when we reuse a whole deer, you know, the bones go to a bone artist, um, you know, and, and the skins yes. and stuff like that too. We, we eat the meat. Um, you know, even foxes. You know, foxes go to the bone artists as well. Um, okay. So – you know if i and this comes back down to that taking the responsibility you know because shooting's the easy bit you know yeah. ethically what do we do after that because yeah. you know you know as much as feral animal you know foxes are and and invasive species they're still animals you know it, it's 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 still a life at the end of the day that we are taking on that responsibility to um, you know remove and then, and there's a huge emotional connection with deer, you know and and especially antler deer. There's a huge emotional connection with deer because and, and I think it comes back down to that those shared experiences when we're out in the high country, stalking, camping, you know trying to find this elusive animal, finding it doing the hard work, carrying it out, you know, there's a shared experience in that as an an emotion. And and if that's your experience once every 18 months because you you need to fill your freezer, that's what's gonna be important to you, okay? And this comes back down to that, are you a shooter or a hunter? Because a lot of that judgment comes from people whose experience is, um, I do it once every 18 months because I need to fill the freezer and I go along with mates. And, And that is an amazing experience. It's experience I love as well, but there's more than one aspect to this, right? But how we treat the animal once we've shot it, um, you know, I I showed you a clip, and I I sent you a clip of my daughter's first kill. Yeah, uh, when she shot her first deer. And on our on our varmint control um, YouTube channel, I should have sent you the whole clip. What I didn't send you was the aftermath. We had to walk about 160 meters to get to that deer, and she beat me to it. She knelt down and she started stroking the deer. And I've got it on video. I said, "George, what are you doing?" She goes, "I'm I'm thanking this deer for what it's going to be." I said, "Well, what is it? It's going to be food, you know. That's um, amazing. You know, so, yeah. Well, so we take from the earth, but to replenish ourselves, you know, in in that instance as well. And and I think there's a responsibility in that. So so how we've gone about that, you know, in in, in this part of the business as well has. I can't remember what I started talking about, but anyway, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: the no, 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 the, you, you're hitting the nail on the head, the ethics and the, um, yeah. you know, like your daughter, daughter stroking, like it's, it's a pretty, like my old boy was a roo shooter and, um, you know, what you're saying is crack on, like nothing was wasted. Um, mm. that, that was a job for him, but also he was always, always very respectful to the animal. Um, mm. you know, always a quick, clean kill. And you know, like I, I apologize, I've I've lost I've I've renamed your stuff by accident and um I, I didn't put yeah, it in the right. But um, you know, using every you know, respecting the animals a big thing these days. Um sadly in Queensland we can't eat all the pigs. Um I've when I go into crop country, I've I've done a video on it where um I take a lot of the meat home and um mm. I've actually one video I did there. We've um, we've taken the meat home. We've split it up. We've, you know, we've caught the pig. We've cut the pig up, split it up. Old mates taken, I will take it, and well, we had a had a good feed. Um, yeah, and using the pig is so important, or using the animal. was mm. such, such, such Queensland, we can't always eat the pigs because it's a bit, um, you know, a bit, bit wormy. Some pigs and some mm. of them live on roadkill and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's yeah. a little bit dicey, but, um, yeah, that's why I, I'm moving towards deer. I'm trying to get as much, you know, obviously I'm never going to leave peat hunting, but, um, I, I want to get into, into deer. Cause
1: it's just, uh, it, I, want I want to get, to get into pigs. I don't have pigs. I'd love to shoot pigs. To I like bacon. Yeah. 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 No, but you know, it's, and it's amazing the things you want to shoot that you don't have you know, as, as well. Um, yeah. You know, like, you know, even though I'm, you know, I'm registered with the Department of Jobs down here where, you know, I can apply for, for tags for wild game food harvesting for roos, but, but I haven't actually pursued roo harvesting. I mean, it's not where I am situationally. It's not that great either. But I do do, you know, as part of this efficacy as well, my neighbour is a wildlife rescuer and yeah. she loves animals. You know, she, she looks after possums, injured roos, all that type of stuff. And I also shoot on her property to remove deer uh, and foxes because of the problems that causes for those animals, right? So she understands it as well. Which I'm going to talk about another friend in a minute too, yeah. and then people are going to start lambasting you. But anyway, um, but I do do, I do do euthanasia for her, and I hate it. I, I like you know when when a, a ruse has been hit by a car, and she can't get a bolt on it. She gives me a call to come and put it down,
2: yeah.
1: and I hate it, but I do it for the same reason as I shoot anything, okay? I have a responsibility. If I'm willing to take a life under this circumstance, I've then got to help the other. And it it always makes me feel hollow, you know? I put amazing shots on them because it's pinpoint accuracy and it's all that type of stuff because I want them dead right away. And, you know, technically it's very good shooting, but it always leaves me feel hollow, okay? Um, Now, this is going to be a little bit contentious, but we'll see where it goes. I I have another good friend and she stood as a greens candidate in melbourne in the last election all right and my question to her was where is your responsibility in all of this in terms of from an environmental point of view from a Ethical point of view in in terms of food chain and that type of stuff. We have so much more in common than we do apart. Okay, um, field harvesting. She's not a vegan by any means. She's a meat eater, and I think majority of Greens you'll find probably are. But it's like, you know, we, we we we're our own worst enemies. Both them as a as as a political party hitting on sensitive issues and and easy issues like you know gun control and so on. Yeah. And then as, us as hunters having the absolute polar opposite, right? I think all of us, both greens or I'm using greens because it's an easy one, but also as hunters, yeah. we all have a role to play in in, in in the issue of invasive species, animals, what it's doing to our native environments. All right? Yeah. The solution isn't baiting. The solution isn't helicopter culling. It's part of the solution but it can't be the whole solution, right? And 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 people who talk to me about culling and how bad it is. Okay, it's okay, cool. So where's where's your solution? Where are you in this part of remove? Oh, I'll go and shoot a deer. Okay, but you're gonna shoot a hundred because we need to reduce those numbers. Let's not reduce all of them out of extinction, but maybe it's part of the solution. I hate it, I hate aerial culling, you know, as well. It's not it's not something I'm a fan of, but it's like you've got to be realistic and put some of your own views aside sometimes. Like, okay, well. As a community, how do we come together to tackle these problems? Pig problems are huge for you guys on crops, you know. As well, it is just decimating our food chain, right? But then, so the question is to the 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 greens and these anti groups is okay. Well, what's your part of the solution? Let's let's all acknowledge is yeah, you know. And Matt, I agreed with you. We aren't. we, We you're right. We are. We are that line of defence of our native animals, and that is my argument to them. And and, and Son agrees with me. Like, she... Yeah. yeah, I'm going to put those words in her mouth. She agrees with me that yeah. they've got to be better at their message as well. Yeah. And trying to change a political party is, is, is difficult. But we've also yeah. got to then... We've got to be better in our education in terms of why we're doing things and showing that, you know, we're not just shooting. We're actually harvesting. We're taking. We're providing. Yeah. We're reusing, right? let's you know let, let's delve into that that more with these people that message as well because we are that last line of defense of our native our native yeah. habitats because, uh,
0: like you know your your other business um, you know contract shooting you know a lot of I, I would love to see how many other guys are um, you know taking the meat home by like, doing what you're doing basically taking the meat home getting the rest of it butchered you know, getting the bone to someone to do decorations and whatever and, um, you know, the skins, for the the hides for, um, you know, rugs or whatever, leather or whatever they would like to make, like, there's so much, you know, changing people's (laughs) minds is going to be the hardest thing. Um, It's a rabbit hole. Rabbit hole, it's just going to keep going. Um,
1: It is, but the only way to change people's mind is through experience, you know, like like, and that comes from me. I was an absolute anti-gun person until I started living with the problem, right, and I and I, I felt that experience. Um, people who have been adamant that I'm a shooter and not a hunter, I've invited them, I've taken them out and they've gone, holy shit, I thought we are just going to walk into a paddock and start shooting things. And they realised, you know, and I've taken them deliberately to places where winds are going to be over our shoulder and they look up, they honk, they run, right? Yeah. It's not shooting fish in a barrel, but, but we can only ever change our opinions and, and, and our mindset by experience, you know, and that goes back down to that we're only ever bound by our own experience in, in anything. Um, but it's then, you know, finding those connections to do it, yeah. you know, a, a, as well. And, and so the, the work that you do as a, as a content creator in this environment as well is incredibly important. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the, the, the podcasts I used to listen to all the time, which I love, was the, the Hunting Collective out of the, the meat eater crew because they tackled yeah. these issues as well. They had the guys who made that, you know, I can't believe it's not meat or whatever they call it, you know, yeah. rubber. You know, and then they had the opposing. They, they were really heavy into regenerative farming, you know, and, and, our, and how we live and sustainable living that. And they challenged themselves a lot. And, and and even from the point where you know Phil, the audio producer, was never a shooter, never really involved in it, and he changed his mindset throughout that whole period of time they're doing it to let's get Phil out on a hunt, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I do know what you're talking about. Enough. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect example, you know. Perfect example of. Yeah. Um, you know, and a big thing is, yeah. Um, for for example, my partner, um, yeah, she's not a hunter or anything like that, and. We just, we had these conversations over time and I just, you know, would explain to her, you know, if I did get a deer, you know, I would be bringing it home, processing it and, um, you know, and I kind of, we've been, we're saving to go to New Zealand next year. And um, I said to her, how much do you reckon that, you know, rib fillet and rump cost that we buy? And she's like, oh, I said, it's 120 bucks right there. I said, Mm. that's difficult to, to go out to where we are. I shoot a deer or a pig. That is, you know, obviously, you know, if you start cost of, you know, I'm not going to costly everything out, but what what I'm pointing was getting was that $120 piece of meat, which is only about not even five kilos. um, We've got this huge pig Mm. coming in, a pig coming in, which is going to feed us for, and I'm a butcher, so everything will get processed. Um, Yep. You know how much money are we saving? Have a look at it in a different kind of mindset. Yeah. And uh, she, look, she, look. She, the whole idea of you know, oh, but it's not from a store, you know, and it's yeah, good, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it's trying to change people's opinion. And, and like you just said, content creator, um, for me, I haven't really come on to that and switched on to that idea of okay, everything I put up is, um is one it's fuel for the wrong reason um, mm. you know two, it you know I've got to be super careful and three people are watching and learning so mm. I'm I'm trying to make better decisions and trying to obviously um you know this is a big reason why I've started to do the live stream and the podcast because mm. I, I want to get people on like yourself um you know Rodney Morris was was on um you know Rodney, he he talks about eating deer. I, we didn't talk about it in the podcast as such, but most of his deer, he takes. You know, he'll take something off that deer and take it home and yeah. either give to the firefighters um, that he works with, yep. and um, you yeah, know he's probably watching. Um, here we go, Matt's Matt's been on fire tonight, but yeah, um, you know, changing people's mindsets on the whole idea and oh. um, yeah, content creators for my like myself. Need to do a better job. Um, yeah. You know, for me, for yeah. me personally, just needs to You'll
1: change. find that you'll find that niche, and you'll find that message. You know, and, and 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 it's like all things. You start, you start with an idea in mind, and that evolves, and it changes, and it grows, and because you start to realise, hang on, I've been having these conversations that really interest me. I want to run it down this rabbit hole a little. So my my wife, you know, my wife doesn't like guns, but I say she's now comfortable with guns. My daughter, who who shot that that deer in in in, in the video that I sent to you. Um, she was in tears when I told her I was getting a gun. Like she did not like it. Now she's my right-hand man when right-hand girl, when it comes to, to hunting, she's out with me all the time. She, you know, she loves yeah. the processing, loves being involved in that whole thing because we built it in a, in a, in a manner of look, same as thing. Their experience was, I'm going to go and shoot something. Yeah. Okay, but no, no, I'm going to go and bring something home and we're going to put it on the dinner table. And the first time we had venison, it was like, Oh, the kids were like, eh, I don't want to, they do not like eating Um, a beef anymore. It's too fatty. They don't like it. They love eating venison. So, but it comes down to that. It's like, you can be brute force about it or you can change someone's mindset. And changing someone's mindset is hard because it requires you to challenge yourself to say, why am I doing this? And how am I doing it? What's the message around what I'm doing it? You know, as well. And, And I think as humans, we sit on that whole, you know, my my wife says I'm I'm very dramatic. I, I lean into the colloquial a lot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> much bigger problem than what it is. And and, and 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 yes, I I I do right. So it's easy to take that that side of you know, fuck it. This is my opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Right. You know, I'm right because we're all right because they're our opinions. right? But if we yeah. don't take the 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 position that. You're a person of value and I'm a person of value and your opinions are founded on your beliefs and experience and foundations and genetics and programming from your childhood, what, what, you, what your mum was listening to on the radio while she was breastfeeding you type of thing, right? All that stuff is, is part of your evolution process. If I don't acknowledge that that's also important to you, we're never going to get to the conversation that we need to have, which is, well, how do we get along? Yeah, yeah. You know, how do we both take responsibility in in any type of of, of issue, not not just a, a guns and hunting one? Um, yeah. You know, we, we have very very little gun crime per capita in in, in Australia. Um, yeah. If you want to get serious on domestic violence, ban alcohol. Right, yeah. like, alcohol is the driving force of domestic violence in Australia. Yeah, we, we, we got down into lockdowns in Victoria, and they. And they closed gun shops They left the bottle shop open, right? And domestic violence went through the roof. Gun crime fell. Right? But it's an easy one. We're an easy target, but we don't help ourselves sometimes with some of the messages that we respond to, right? Um, And and, and that's an appalling situation for us to, to be in. You know, I had some of the best chats during that time because having um varmint feral animal control my license giving me a professional license i was allowed to go into gun shops you know and buy stuff yeah. best service you'll ever have because there's, there's no one there right yeah. and these people wanted to chat because they're in these businesses and they're doing mail order a lot of them moved to mail order you know a mate of mine runs packing and firearms did really well you know in mail order and that but as humans we want to connect we want to talk we want to have that chat you walk into these gun shops i haven't seen anyone phrase oh you know it was great. Um Easy to get powder and primers at the time, too, because no one else could buy it.
0: So yeah, I was having a chat. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, continue. No, 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 no. I
1: was done with that.
0: <laughs> no, I think I was, I was trying to have a chat. I can't remember who I was talking to um, about the primers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've, the conversations left my head for all, you know, it was there, but uh, I've, I've gone off on a rabbit warren somewhere else. I'm just trying to think who was talking about. Uh, primers and powder, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do my research when I think of it again. Sorry, it's, yeah. it's left me. It's left me. It's it's past my bedtime. it's a problem. So, um, it's,
1: yeah, it it's, it, and you're an hour behind me. You know, I, know,
0: uh, I know, yeah, I, I've been waking up really early lately. Just um, trying to get my my um, my whole day in. Uh, exactly right, Matt. Timmy, you hundred percent, Matt.
1: Let's see, yeah, hundred percent. And, and given my Dutch heritage, I am very – I can lean into the ego. You know, it's something I actually had to learn to manage and, and about – and actually, you know, when – before we got married, we did premarital counselling, which I think was one of the best things we ever did. And, and that whole that I'm a person of value, your person of value is really changed my mindset. I can't have an argument with my wife and expect to be right – because she's as right in her opinions as, as I am in mine. But we have to yeah. recognise we both have, you know, a right yeah. to have different opinions. Um, just, but when you start so to get so to that point in relationships, and, you know, you, you treat the problem, not the person. You know, that's yeah. something we, we've always instilled in, in our kids as well. It's like you don't attack the human because there's no point. But if you've got a problem, you can both talk about a problem. It doesn't need to be personal. I'm not always good at that. I, I, I'm not suggesting I'm perfect at it, but it's certainly we, we try to get to.
0: It's, a, it's great that you're actually saying it because it's obviously something you thought about where um, I've, I can be a hothead. I'll just go. Mm. And say what I need to say where um, obviously maturity started to get the better of me and you're kind of like, hang on a sec. Um, that's his opinion. Um, you know, move past it, either ignore it or just, you know, politely bring it up and go, well, this is the reason why it's happened. But, you know, for you to just even say that it's, um it's it's hitting the nail on the head of my life at the moment with my partner because we've um moved in together recently and it's kind of um hang on a sec it's her she's her and her daughter have been together for yeah awesome yeah obviously the daughter has been born and um she she's um she's uh i can't remember what i say now she's there's no father so to speak she's um I'm trying to say a test tube baby, whatever they're called. Um, anyway, yep. um, and that's a polite way of saying it. So, yeah, she, there is no father. Uh, my partner um, has raised her daughter by herself. And um, yep. I've come into the picture and I've got two kids already. Um, yeah, my life can be pretty, <laughs> you know, oh, everywhere all this kind of it's just, It's just a shit fight sometimes. But yeah. um, the way she, she talks about, you know, certain things that how she wants to raise. It's amazing because I'm just like, hang on a sec. Let me just process that. Let me get the way you're talking about it. Okay, I understand how now you want that. And now we, we talk about it and process where 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do yeah. it would have been, This is how I'm doing. It. Like,
1: yeah, um, the, the worst thing I taught my kids, and, and no one should ever teach their kids this if they want to have a happy life, is I taught my kids that don't ever be afraid to ask a question or for something, yeah. because you've already got a no, right? Yeah. You've already got a no without asking. You can only get a yes. And yeah. Jesus has come back to haunt me. My yeah. daughter, my oldest who's 19, she'll do it all the time. Yeah, but, Dad, you know, she'll ask me for something like, you know, I'm going to say no to that. She says, yeah, but I already had a no when you told me that I could only ever get a yes. Don't teach your kids that. <laughs> you know, it's great for it on other people. When they start using it against you, it's the worst thing <laughs> in the world. But I am actually really glad we taught our kids that because, it's empowered a, a an ethos in them that they can make change. They can be part of the solution by asking the right questions. They can yeah. understand that I've already got this. To get to here, I'm going to have to do something in between, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I, I can talk about all this type of stuff that's not thermal related for, <laughs> for forever. You know, it's it's, right. it's not I'm quite passionate about life in general, you know, and... And, and trying to be I love, I love
0: all of it, man. To me, um, you know, educating, all that kind of stuff. Um, just talking about life is just great. It's just um, mm. you know, I could talk about it for hours. We we, you know, we teach I,
1: our staff and, and and this this resonates through our business, okay. And I've always taught staff in and in, in, and while this is now my 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 main business. I've had other businesses, you know, and you know as well, and we had some quite substantial ones. We, we you know, we still owners in them, but just don't spend much time on them anymore. Um, and we've always taught our staff when we interview people. I told them two things: one, I'm never going to rule you by the clock. I'm going to rule by what we get done, and I don't care what hours you do it in. You know, if you work better from 10am to 2pm and then 8am till 3am, I, I could care less, right? Let's just get the work done, and we'll work it around you secondly is we are profitable and not just financial but emotionally um holistically whatever you want to call it mentally where you know where there's a a change we are profitable by the way profit my statement is this profit is a byproduct of how we treat people right and that and that's not just customers to get something from them it's suppliers it's staff it's our partners, our, our kids, all that type of stuff, right? Anything, anyone we interact with, how we treat them is a reflection on profit. Now, not just monetary profit, I mean, even mental health profit, right? I, I think any, any. I'm, I'm kind of using the word profit as any time there's a gain in your own self-esteem and your own feeling of happiness and joy, right? That's what I mean. So, you know, obviously businesses require a financial commitment and, you know, you, you can't sell product for less than you bought it for and all that type of stuff, right? So that is a monetary profit, but that profit, even from a monetary time, flows by how we actually treat people. So we're, you know, we're a real people-first organisation, you know, as, as well. And, and I hope that flows through our videos that we do because we really try and do it, – It I think it certainly flows into the service that we give people <laughs> and how yeah. we deal with warranty. But in everything we do, and this comes down to your content creators creation as well – it gets better by the way you treat the topic, the person, you know, the the preparedness you are for it, you know, as well. Your yeah. content grows, and your ability to create content and the joy you get out of content grows as well by the, by the way you approach it as well. So, yeah. um, that's the There, that's the, those two things are, I think, the most important things I taught my kids. Yeah. Not very thermal related, <laughs> and be a good human. Just be a good human.
0: It's, um, it's a. We. Yeah.
1: We, we, yeah we, we you know we we come from a very religious christian background and and i am still identify myself as a christian but i don't go to church because i think churches are a lot of them are the anti of christianity but anyway the thing we breed into our kids and i wish everyone just kind of lived with this a little bit more is too is love your neighbor and your neighbor is not the person who lives next door the neighbor is the person that's unlovable just love your neighbor be a good human be a good person the world gets better
0: yeah, no, yeah. we need we need more of it. Um, I'm I'm a disability worker, and um, yep. first, you know, a lot of people obviously look at me and think of, you know, what's this hairy, yeah. out of shape man looking? But you know, you start having a conversation with them, and they kind of go, ah, oh, you know, he's not as scary as he looks, or you know, it's. I. I like, you know,
1: I, th- I, I think do. it's amazing what you do, like disability workers, anyone in in healthcare. primary school teachers, kindergarten teachers, they are the heroes. You know, we, I'm a volunteer firefighter and during the fires a couple of years ago in New South Wales, um, I was stationed at Richmond Air Force Base, we'd go out in our Victorian trucks and you drive along the street and and it is the worst feeling in the world for me anyway. People were standing on the streets clapping and cheering like, you know, you guys are just amazing, you're heroes because you're fighting these fires. I'm thinking go to the emergency wards, go to the trauma wards. They're the heroes. We're, we're just putting water on shit. Actually, we were lighting stuff. To, we didn't have to burn it. So, you know, it's what you guys do in, in the face of adversity and the challenges that you work through and, and, and not just that, the help that you provide people who are generally discarded by our society, even though we've probably got the best public healthcare system in the world. But, you know, you know what I mean? They're, they're left behind. The work yeah. you guys do is is so important to creating a better human experience for all of us. And it's incredible. Not not bloody putting yeah. water on a fire. That's just ridiculous. And and oh, it's yeah. it's so when people are like, oh, you know, you're a firefighter. Like, just volunteer, just you know, just yeah.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I,
1: I got into that <laughs> because when we moved to our property, I made the mistake of running a chainsaw into a stringy bark tree and setting, you know, a whole bunch of trees on fire and and the captain of the fire brigade going, so, Ben, I guess we'll see you at, uh, at at 7.30 on Tuesday for training. I'm like, well. But it comes back down to if I'm going to be part of the problem, I've also got to be part of the solution, you know. Yeah. And I never wanted to travel for, for CFA, yeah. for, for firefighting. But when we had major fires in our areas and we had people come from Echuca and New South Wales and all that type of stuff to help us, I'm like, I've got to. Because people are willing to do that for me. I've got to do it for them. Yeah. You know, it's uh, so help- easy to take this world and not give back.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, help, helping each other is, is, you know, it's the only way the world's going to keep moving is um, yeah. a little bit more giving and a little bit less taking. And um, we, we, we did
1: a, a fundraiser earlier this year, I think it was March or May, where we gave 2% of our turnover to rural aid. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't tell them about it. And we didn't really even publicize it too much. We, we, we put up some posts and stuff. 2% of our turnover, I didn't want on 2% of profit because it's too easy to figure. 2% on turnover goes to Rural Aid for that month. Anyway, it got to the end of the month and um, we made an almost $10,000 deposit to them. And then they gave us a phone call <laughs> and we told them what we're doing. They're like, well, why don't you tell it to begin with? I said, because we just wanted to let our customers know, encourage our customers. We just didn't want to draw the attention to it because we didn't want to take it away from what they do because rural aid is an amazing organization and turn it into us, you know, and that's, yeah. yeah. And, and we'll do that again next year as well. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that again. You know, our goal is every 12 months for that month, we'll give 2% of our turnover to, to rural aid because they help a lot of our customers, you know, as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, I've had a few people hit me up for, um, you know, doing some, um, well, volunteering work but also, you know, running some fundraisers and um, next year I'm looking at trying to run a, um, a weekend at a um, farm stay and yep. what i to try to do is have um, – basically it's just an educational weekend. I'm trying to have – I'm trying to have it free um, even if they can pay for their own food or something. I don't know how to do it but I'm still trying to wrap my head around it but the idea was to give um, – you know a little bit of the profits to the firefighters out there, out, um, where I'm thinking, um, out yep. in southeast Queensland, there's a bit of a, there's a spot there where I'm thinking exactly where it is. It's, um, you know, they do yep. get a fair bit of work. And I was hunting out there two weekends ago, or three weekends ago, and the firefighters were um, called to, I think, two fires on that on that weekend. So uh, I had a chat to one of the guys. So yeah, that was. Something in my in my books, which I'm looking at doing next year. So I, I was going to have a chat to you about doing um maybe a live stream where we could do. Oh yeah, I will have to have a chat to you a bit more about it off camera. But oh, well, well, I I mean, it.
1: if we can be involved and help out, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, um, I, just I tell want you what, Yeah. As a volunteer firefighter, I don't know what it's like in Queensland, but in 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 Victoria, when we raise funds, it can only be spent on the on brigade. Um, tools trucks that type of thing you know we, we can't buy clothing or uniforms or you know it's very tight regulation heads where i can use it yeah I'll tell you what we do love from our community when we help them out and i don't think i'm going to get in trouble for this but we'll see what happens when they drop off a slab of jack daniels or a slab of this or a slab of that to go in the beer fridge it's all I'm the sure appreciation it's all we do
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing um, worth having a bit of training and having a beer after it, and I can't. Um, oh. I feel we can, you know, manage that. But yeah, so that's what I'm aiming for next year is um, to do a meat butchering, caping, um, you know, thermal. Uh, also, trying to get a gunsmith or someone who is very knowledgeable and try and have a whole weekend of it. And um, that's oh, fantastic. My so, um,
1: that feels like I need to come up for that. That feels like I could bring some gear up, have a holiday type thing. I reckon that. I reckon we could make something like that work. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Where um, we're
0: looking at doing is a beautiful location, um, overlooking the Biaki Peterson Dam. It's um, one of the prettiest places you'll see. It's just, yeah, you can go. I'm going to try and talk to this freshwater expert who catches bass. Yeah, just a freak at catching mm. fish. So um, I'm just trying to do a whole big weekend. And, um, yeah, so I'll, we'll have a bit more of a chat about that down the track. We're yeah. just going to try and book a few Until it's
1: six months ago, I never ate fish. And maybe because yeah. I was brought up – we were brought up in, in a very – um weird nothing. Well, my, my parents are both immigrants. You know, they, they yeah. met out – Australia, you know, Dad started his own business. We, we, had, we had nothing. And when I mean nothing, I mean there are times we had watered down milk and wheat weet for dinner type thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it might be the old fish sticks that put me off. But yeah. my wife took me last year, probably this year, must have been this year, I think it was my birthday, anniversary. I love smoking meat. You know, I've got a Traeger pellet oh. smoker and yes i know it's cheating but bloody hell it's so much easier in the charcoal that i used to run and mm, it's the bad best. luck it's the, <laughs> are the best, anyway uh but that's that whole. are you a shooter or a hunter i'm a trigger smoker anyway um anyway and and the guy smoked this salmon and karen's like you've got to try it and i'm like oh, it's fish i like fish god i love eating fish oh, oh my gosh i have I love there's this tuna tate dish that I love making. I, I love smoking the salmon. I, I love, we we go to this restaurant in, in in Melbourne and they've got this beautiful like um kingfish, you know, raw kingfish in like chili and salt. Oh, where have I been? Like you know, yeah. that
0: um, is uh, it's the best. My old boy, he's up at uh, in Cape York and um, he flew down for a weekend uh, just to see mum and comes in comes in with his styrofoam box and um wings, like yeah he catches, he catches barra and um normally he gives them to the big kiwi boys uh at the hospital that he works with but um he obviously he brought a fair few fillets uh, nice big barra fillets can't mm. show you on camera but yeah. yeah nice big fillets barra and um yeah. my brother spent um about six to eight months in Cambodia Vietnam and Thailand and um, so he comes up with all these beautiful recipes on chuck the, you know, the barrow wings in the the Weber and, ah oh, it's just oh, That is,
1: oh, no, I know, I love it. So, yeah, no, we try and eat fish like once a week now and, and I'd like to do that that, that more. We have a great fish shop, not too far from us. And originally, you know, we were doing salmon. I was like getting the Tasmanian salmon. I said, hey, Ben, try this New Zealand salmon. Like, oh. Extra oil and, oh, it's just like butter when it comes off the smoker and yeah. all like oh, my daughter doesn't eat fish maybe one day she'll have the revelation I did my oldest one my daughter, she's 19 um so that's okay I don't mind It's is less to share but you know you, you throw a little bit of um one thing I love experimenting with is rubs and I was making a lot of few you know of my own rubs and I really enjoy that and then I came up against um hardcore carnivore
0: uh, and
1: it's uh, a name Jessica I think she She's an Australian girl who actually lives in the US now. And she makes yeah. this amazing rubs.
0: Yeah. I uh I have a second YouTube channel. It's um it's called Cooking with Whitey. And um I it's all I do. I, I it's only just started, but I, I just I'm a ex butcher. Um, yeah. And fingers are a bit bent and munted. Um, and I just, I butch, I, one of my videos is just butchering a lamb shoulder and cutting it up. And I uh, had a few guys message me saying, oh, it just looks so good. Um, mm. Anything to do with meat, rubs, barbecue, smoking. Mm. Um,
1: I love it. It's the I best. Love the yeah. it. I, I love, you know, and, 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 and again, challenging your ideas. You know, I went from, no, I have to be charcoal smoking, right? Because that's what smoking is. God, it's hard, you know, and then it was <laughs> briskets, whole briskets have to be 14 hour, you know, yeah. 205. Nah, I spoke to this, this guy who's a well-known competition smoker. And he said, Ben, do yourself a favor. And he goes, crank up the heat, you Fahrenheit, 275, 320, six hours later, you know, the best brisket you do. And he goes, you know what you do? When you get to that kind of that Texas crutch type, you know, 175 internal, he goes, um, and I think I'm going to talk of this. I do care. It doesn't matter. Foil. Yeah. Or, you, know, you normally wrap it in four to get through that. He goes, pour a long black into it.
2: Right.
1: Long black coffee. No sugar. Long black. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, so okay.
1: Oh, so good. Six <laughs> hours. Brisket's whole brisket is perfectly done, better than I've ever had it. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah, so, and, and I'm like... You can't do a brisket in six hours. Everyone does it in 14 hours. It's gotta be like a seven day experience, you know? All that type of <laughs> shit. Um, you know, and then and then he goes, and then he goes, Done reverse seed steaks. I'm like, what? He goes, do a reverse <laughs> seed steak. Cook it. Done- so we, we Oh mate, we we get these tomahawks hawks from Costco. I shouldn't probably shouldn't say that, but anyway, we get the, the, the oh. massive, one point two kilos each, right? Throw them in the smoker till they do yeah. they get to about uh, what is it, 165 in internal, some of that? Yeah. Take them off, rest them. Right? Do the full rest. Heat up a skillet or the barbecue, minute each side type thing. Cut it, cook it. Yeah. The color is just perfectly consistent through them. And it doesn't have to be towels You can do it with any steak. You know, we've done it with venison. Yeah stuff too like you do it anyway. but that reverse searing and getting that resting and letting that meat do go through its construction process and and all the type of stuff but you get that perfect color you know yeah and it is just so things i can't order from a restaurant anymore steak salmon (laughs) that's just because it's just not as good
0: that's getting a a bit frustrating because you're like well yeah i play around a lot of my recipes before i film it i will do it myself um Mainly, the reason why I started the channel, the cooking channel, was was just to learn more about cameras and just more about editing, more about um, you know just the whole the whole gig because uh, it, was, it mm. fascinates. Me. Um, if you mm. look at my first video, which um, sadly it's actually the most viewed. Um, I kind of it's it's quite embarrassing to this day. It's um, I think it's five point four million views on it. It's just I. I wow. Look at it, and I cringe. Um, what were you doing? I just—it's just—it basically the video is just my brother getting chased up a tree by a good boar.
1: Um It's like cat and laser. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. it's it's um, it just, just took it just off. It was it's done so well, and um, but now I look, I, I look into the YouTube side of things, and I, I'm, I, I talked to Andy Sparrow recently about he's, he's Coast Coastfish TV. He does a little bit of YouTube on the side uh, as in like, helping people with channels. I'm constantly trying to educate myself on filming, editing. My partner's now doing a photography course. So we're tr- we've gone out and gotten the new cameras and the- trying to educate. It's just, um, yeah. yeah, but the cooking but, channel is more of a, a, a bit of fun on the side.
1: One thing I found, and people have asked me, it's like, you know, Ben, why is your YouTube channel not more professional than what it is? Um, it's like that for a very good reason. That whole, g'day guys, it's Ben here from Hunt the Night. Now, what we're going to do today, if you ring our 1300 number, you're going to get the same thing, right? Yeah. Our, our marketing is down to earth, this is who we are, right? That whole looking at my bench and the product is because I'm a visual learner, you know, and and, and that's how I, I, I learn. And that's how I want to teach. You know, the product is not about me, you know, as well. It's not about how fancy types of, you know, it looks. I miss my old bench that I used to, having my shed that I used to do my videos on now I've got a bench that looks a bit cleaner type thing right yeah. but it's you know for us you know and we looked at you know do we change the way we do it and it was like no nah, because it's our brand you know yeah. and, it, 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 and it's who we are I love having fun you know in, in this and I, and, I and, and when you come to our demo nights, man you would get the worst jokes in the world but bad luck you're my audience <laughs> you <know? laughs> to get them out <laughs> you know? and i warn people i'm like okay guys so what we're gonna to have tonight guaranteed is really bad drawing and really bad jokes <laughs> you know um yeah. but we, we that's,
0: that's something they'll remember but you know like they'll go in there and go he's an easygoing guy like you know i i've always come across as a serious looking person because i have a very you know i look like i I'll, I'll say it I do look like a bit of a stoner but I don't touch any of the stuff on my eyes I've had this eye I'm trying to work out which side of the camera this eye looks like it's half closed half the time because I've had um, medical issues so it, it looks like it's not really working um, but it
1: <laughs> uh, it's that just great because I'm like a three gram a day topic actually I don't know what they measure anything in because I don't touch anything anyway but <laughs> Nah, yeah,
0: nah. That. <laughs> I, I just yeah, like people I, I've had I've even had people write in the comments saying that guy's stoned. I'm like, I'm not freaking stoned. I just my <laughs> just my eye. my yeah, well that's who that's who but my yeah. my right eye, oh it's actually this eye, so it's my left eye. It's this bit here was I had it's called I try and remember the name, cellulitis. Um basically staph infection in the eye. And um I was out for about a month. Um, wow. all side of my face closed up and looked like a yeah, I would have my, taken my, me
1: out. A, my daughter show. once had um Bell's palsy, she, like, and the whole side just drooped. It looked like she'd have stroked the poor thing.
0: Yeah, scared, well, that's what I was the same. Scared
1: of, yeah, scared yeah. the absolute crap out of me. There was no reason for it. it, just happens.
0: Yeah, no, I was the same. Um, like, I, I worked at an aged care facility at the time, um, I had the kids on the weekend. Got poked in the eye once, didn't really think about it. Um, had a sty on Friday. By Monday, my face was like I had a balloon there. And, um, so for people who keep thinking I'm stoned or I'm on my left eye, or this eye here doesn't work, it's not. It's just an old medical, um, yeah, an old medical thing that looks, makes me look a bit like i a stroke on my side.
1: I don't know what people who, who are stoned look like. And if I went around that, I'd probably think a lot of people are stoned just because, oh. you know, so many guys these days, we grow beards, you know, <laughs> all that type of stuff. It's like, oh, well, must be a stoner. I, I don't oh. agree with this because I got lazy. Um,
0: oh, I'm the um, same. I, I, I'm just hiding a double chin. That's all I'm doing. It's, it's, oh, yeah. That's
1: certainly helped with me. The best yeah, thing I like, took off my beard was a trimmer because I, I get to about two and a half weeks, I just want to rip my face off. Like,
0: Yeah, I just chuck it before. on three and I just trim around it. I leave here just because I like thinking I'm Gandalf when I'm walking out in the paddock. And, um,
1: was was, you um, know, you're that biking <laughs> stoner, <it>, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, oh, man. Well, I think we should wrap it up. Um, I appreciate yep. you coming on. Um, I'd love to get you on with um, Rodney Morris. Next time, and yeah, um, and we'll,
1: I talk to Rod almost every day.
0: No, I He's had a feeling he did.
1: Um, yeah, no, I actually love you know, Rod has got an amazing heart, and some of the stuff that he, uh, you know, deals with is just incredible.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, firefighter, I, yeah, first responders. Um, I've, I've seen the first responders, uh, coming back from. You know, I, I I used to work in the hospital and, you know, emergency wards and stuff. And, yeah, no, it's... Um, Credit oh, to Rod.
1: Weird one. My, my daughter is also involved in the CFA. And I actually spoke to Rod the other day because I actually needed a little bit of um, um, perspective, was perspective counselling almost on it, where my pager didn't go off for some reason. And she went to the station, it was a motorcycle accident, and it was very someone who's close to the family. And... It's hard when you're a volunteer in a small community because when you have an accident like that, the chances of someone being, you know, are actually quite high. And actually a really good chat to Rod about it was actually very, very helpful because of his experience, you know, as a, as a career firefighter, um, yeah. it was it – was, it was and even though I didn't even attend the accident, you know, I mean, I've attended fatalities and, and, and stuff like that and, and they're shit. But when it's yeah. someone you know, it, it's just that little bit extra – it's close, you know. And Rod has yeah an amazing perspective on, on life, yeah. yeah. Through through his 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 work, no doubt. I we just be a good human. I don't know. I love talking to Rod. He's a great guy.
0: Yeah, he's another one you could talk to for hours. It's just, mm. um, you know, um, I, I don't know how he does it. I, I left the hospital, um, for that reason. One of those mm. reasons was because of. Um, I'm, I've seen a lot of passed away people, um, you know, and it kind of was starting to get to me. You know, I it was a great job and everything, but I, I think um, when I started, kids started getting involved, and I think as as a father, and um, you know, it all kind of you can't tell me those nurses doesn't you know, doesn't take a toll on them. Um, oh, you know.
1: of course. I remember the the first fatality. So I'm second in charge of our fire brigade, and and, and I, I went to a fatality where I was the incident controller. So I was it was our area, and it was the first fatality I'd been to, and I knew the guy was dead as soon as we popped the car over because it was filled with smoke, right? But it's like you question yourself constantly: Did I do enough? Could I've done something different? Could I've done something better? I couldn't imagine being in an in 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 an emergency room being presented. Without information, with people coming in, you know, whatever else, I could not imagine the trauma that they that you guys would suffer just from that. Did I do enough? Yeah. You know, could I have done something different? And then, and but then you've got to get to a point as well where then you've got to be able to disassociate yourself with that, which goes against our own natural humanity. So it's like you're almost losing a little bit of yourself from that yeah. point of view. Man, I, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine being able to do it. You know, and and I'm in awe of the, the people who work in, in, in our emergency services, in hospitals, in everything. They are just amazing people. Yeah.
0: It's a special special kind of person. Um you know, my old boy he he runs the clinic up in uh in Arakoon um, for about five years and now he's um in the Aboriginal communities and he's also up um I won't say where he is now, but yeah, it's um, yeah, my mum's a palliative care nurse. Um, mm. You know, she's she's there to the end, and um, I, I, I can't. I don't know how they do it. I can't personally. I couldn't do it. I've, mm. I've done the hospital for, for three or four years or whatever it was. Um, you know, I, I had one instance there where I kind of. I still can't um, possibly. I can't. I can't really fathom the idea of it behind it because the child's name was what my daughter's name. And um mm. uh, I kind of that's why I had to get out. Um mm. mentally it just wasn't just wasn't right for it. So um yeah, I oh. found a I found a great gig in disability and um you yeah, know where I'm more giving life than um ushering on the yeah. way out
1: speak. So yeah. um, no, it's, it's an amazing um, calling that you 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 do yeah, I I no. it, it shits on what I do <laughs> in terms of bettering humanity. <laughs> you know it's, yeah. I don't know, uh,
0: sometimes I'd rather be selling guns or scopes or um you know I, I've also been a hunting guide, and uh, you can't go past that job if it, only oh. if it paid better only if it paid better so yeah you yeah know, it was a sweet gig, but you know it's not to be that's the thing you can um
1: yeah, yeah you've, you've just got to find the right clientele. We're about to launch a new service i I, I can say this because we're about to um, where
0: you the boss remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm thinking of the the it doesn't matter I don't need to mention names or like that. Where actually you'll get to go away for a weekend and do aerial uh hunting, you know, oh, wow. and learn to shoot from a, a chopper and stuff like that. So
2: yeah.
1: um yeah, that that'll be an interesting one. We, we we should be coming to market with that pretty soon. So but it's that like hunt like guiding. Yeah. The ones who make money of it are the ones who find the clientele that where the money is not the object. You know, yeah. Type of thing. There aren't people to find these days. Um, yeah. But
0: yeah,
1: it's it's tough.
0: Yeah. It is. It is. I am um, I've um I've come to terms. I'm trying. I, I would love to do it. I just don't think I'll be able to afford it. I um I wanted to take people out, and um and basically beginning what I'm trying to do is I'm building courses at the moment on yep. beginning off how to become a hunter. Um, you know, so that's taking them out for the weekend, um, yep. going through the process of setting up camp, starting fires to yeah. tracking, butchering, shooting, yep. um, you know, hopefully one day getting the thermals as in, you know, not get into selling or anything like that more as in, this is a tool we can use to hunt. Yep. Um, and that's, that's the way I was looking at, it, but I've, I've recently spoken to um, my uncle and a few other people, and I'm so scared about the insurance, the um, the liability of of mm. thing. It's you know, I that was that's always been the the goal to do this, is to to do that as a a job.
1: The, the number one thing when people come to me because I help people with with paperwork, mentoring them through into becoming professional shooters as well, especially when it comes to um, uh, suppressor applications or if you're in Hollywood silences and it's, and everyone's like, Oh, that's so cool. That'd be so good for me. You know, I I, I think I can meet the documentation standard and then I go, okay, but you know, the last item on this list is insurance. I've got double S double A insurance. No, you don't. Double S double A insurance is not cover professional shooting. You're looking at three and a half grand yeah. entry point. And then they're like, Oh, this is kind of a hobby, isn't it? That's the bit you've got to get past. You know, it is, it's tough. But what people learn from guides in a short period of time saves them so much money. (laughs) And and having said that, it's like, and it's that whole, if I knew then what I know now, you know, principle two, right? If I knew then what I know, I I could list you all the scopes I wouldn't have bought before before I found the ones that I did like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's an invaluable service, you know, when, you know, that you guys, you know, provided in, in guiding when, when people actually understand that, that, yeah. the, the cost versus reward aspect. But you're right. The insurance is, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, I never got a figure on how much insurance would be. But when you start talking rifles and, um, and hunting, you know, like I've had people go, I oh, just use it, just, just sign a waiver and, um, yeah, when I was actually in Cape York guiding, um, one of the guys was a, was a lawyer and he said to me, this waiver means nothing. You know, like, you know, if no, something no. happens,
1: yeah. One thing I do, because when I run, and and normally during the winter period, I, I run, we, we call it date night, where it's, that's our guided thermal hunting night, okay? And it starts before dark. Cause you're going to learn about what I take out, what we're going to do. I'll go through some property management plan stuff, um, you know, as well. Um, all this top and they go, Oh, what am I going to shoot? You're not, what you're going to get is a handheld thermal unit. And I'm going to talk you through everything I do, why I do it, how I do it, where I'm sitting, what I'm expecting is going to happen in terms of the deer coming in or out, you know, all that type of stuff. And it's great when it works well and it actually happens as I predicted it because then they're really happy about the money they spent. Yeah. But they, they but they never shoot. What I do let them do is help me get it out of panic. <laughs> you <know>? And not, <laughs> right. not, not so much gutting so much because I don't want to spoil the meat if they nick the gut bad. but I do take them through the process and there are certain cuts I'll let them do it, but I'll explain why I'm doing it and why I yeah. do it this way, right? You know, it's... You know, like when I start gunning a deer, my first actual thing I do is actually and because my butcher taught me this is I actually open up the, the and, and and get the throat out and put a knot in the throat because when I pull the gut bag out, I don't want anything coming out of the the, the throat, or the trachea or whatever you call it. In, yeah, trachea. Yeah, trachea. In, Into the in, in, you know and 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 spoil meat and so on because you know we're talking about proper grade uh, harvesting. Yeah. So you know, we take them through all that type of thing. Um, And they always walk away like that is the best experience ever. And they didn't ever fight a shot.
0: Yeah. yeah. If, if I could do that, that'd be great. Um, I just don't know. You know, you kind of, if, if I could take them through a whole weekend and never let them fire a shot, that'd be great. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about insurance too much more than just, yeah. a, you know, how to and so on. So, but it's, butchering sausage making the whole process you know i could do all that and yeah. um you know i'm still i still want to do it it's just um you know sadly poachers are pretty bad up here and i've lost a few oh, few blocks um so i'm kind of starting again on the that front but i'm i've picked up a couple now and i'm slowly working my way back into that and um
1: awesome. you know
0: yeah it's it's uh, don't be a dickhead and you'll get blocks. It's pretty simple. You know, do the right thing. Back to the do the right thing and you... Yeah, think think you. So. yeah.
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I, I picked up one contract to actually reduce stags because of the poaching problem. They, they backed onto the state forest and they had yeah. an immense amount of deer coming out, more than that I could shoot in a night, that's for sure. But we had to reduce actual stags um yeah. actually not referring it off to someone else could help more because just the volume of deer was was going to require more than i could handle um but they had to reduce tags because of the poaching problem it's sad it's, yeah it's, it's sad they've been removed from the ecosystem that couldn't be stalked you know and and given that some of that experience of of hunting that you they know, once in a lifetime cotton time deer but yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I spoke to, to Tony Gillahan, I think, was the last weekend or the week well, week before? Um, on here, and he said the same thing the poaching is just, um, he's a Gippsland, and yeah, he said to just non stop a lot of his properties are, are private and yeah, they, they have the same issues of just poaching. Mm. So, um, it's sad, it's very sad, and um, you yeah, know, you just want it to get better, um, you know, mm. don't do the wrong thing, and um. Yeah, and sadly, social media doesn't help that situation. And, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about before doing the right thing and, um, you yeah, know, educating yourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had an experience one night, and this is totally off topic. Well, it's kind of on the topic, but I had the experience one night where they, a, a big, quite a large dag actually got smashed by a truck about 10 minutes from my house. And because I'm, I'm quite prolific in the area, shooting, one of the residents called me, So Ben's big stag's got done. Right, I said, all right, all right, I'll go have a look. Uh, sitting on the middle of the road, took it out of the road. Um, I'll, I'll get the meat off it that I can, right? And it had it like, must've only just stopped breathing by the time I got there. And I'm rolling out my knives. And there was like, the, then like, got like, the cops turned up, I'm rolling out my knives. And I'd actually been in a car accident the day before with, with the, the CFA with one of the cops. She goes, oh, Ben, before you cut it up, <laughs> middle of the road, like a side of the road, roll it out of knives, right? Before you cut up, can I take, can I take a photo? My husband's going to love this. <laughs> Go for it, right? Anyway, and then six cars pull up with teenagers in them. You're like, oh, shit, this is going to get ugly. And um, and I'm just butchering, and they just think it is awesome. And I'm like, hey, does someone want the head? And this young kid's like, oh yeah, yeah, I love the head. So, you know, <laughs> give him the head, and, and off they go the middle way. A couple of months later, I was coming back from a, a house fire in, in a neighboring suburb, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and there's this huge fire going in a paddock, and I'm with my captain. I'm like, Nick, we, we've got to stop for a minute because this looks like it's getting out of control. It's this kid's eighteenth birthday, and this you know this kid's have his eighth birthday, and this guy's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "You look like the kid I gave a deer head to, cutters." Oh, that's you! Take it off in the tree over there. <laughs> it's just uh, anyway, that whole cycle of you know, <laughs> just... yeah,
0: doing a good deed. Hopefully, his mates came out and gave him the fire.
1: No, no, the fire was the bonfire just for his um, just oh. for his eighteenth. Because it was two o'clock in the morning, you know, you don't expect to see sizable fires like that up at our area yeah. that yeah. may or may not be impacting, you know, its structure. So we thought, well, we'd, you know, we're driving past at 100 k's an hour. Oh, shit, fire. You know, we better yeah. just stop and, and have a look while, we, while we've while we got the truck with us. Uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A
0: little bit of underage drinking. They may, may have shit themselves and they saw the, the vehicle roll up. Would have been good.
1: Oh, uh, no, they were all right. That thought it was hilarious. Like, can you put the lights and signs on? No, we can't. We're not, <laughs> you, know, you guys can do that on your own. We're just, yeah. everything's yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. We're going. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, mate. I think we should call cool. here, um, two hours of, of fun. And um, yeah, thanks for the
1: chat. Yeah. I, I, we We're seriously lucky. off topic. I apologize to people if they didn't learn too much more about thermal, but um, yeah, feel it's free sorry. to give me a call. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So, anyone who needs Ben, just give them a call at night or um Google or just follow the links in the description below It'd be even easier.
1: Um yeah. any else? No, I really appreciate having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation and um yeah
0: you know, I know we're way
1: off the thermal stuff, but you know I just love talking to people. So yeah. Yeah, I'm awesome, mate. Yeah, come I'm a
0: yeah we'll get um we'll get Rod right on next time and we'll um we'll have a big three way chat and um we'll talk more hunting and more meat, more uh barbecue and smoking and um and good deeds so awesome. uh, thanks for coming on and um everyone um don't forget to head over to ben uh, he's got you got a page and a group mate is that right yeah we've got a yeah.
1: page and a group so we've got hunt the night the group and we've got hunt the night thermal Hunt. sorry hunt the night the page and hunt the yep. night thermal Hunting specialists is the group and yep. you know that's not a product pushing place it's a place where we help our customers i'm going to yeah. say one thing we do do is if you bought for somewhere else and you want us to help, we, we, we don't really because we don't have any money from the sale. We'll, we'll try, but we, we don't typically. Um, but that's kind of our support group and, you know, product launch group because, you know, I get prototypes from most manufacturers and, you know, I like to share people with what's coming up and stuff like that. I, I do enjoy that side of the business, that consulting side. Um, and then we've got our YouTube as well, hunt, at uh, youtube.com slash hunt the night, which um, I apologise for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if guys if you ever need any like um information before calling Ben, head over to the YouTube channel. He has got so many, I think you've got oh, I'd probably say hundred videos, maybe more.
1: Um I I, I we try and I'm trying to get to the point where we're putting up small a small bit of technical information kind of weekly and then you know bigger reviews, you know, you know, beyond that. But um So a lot of
0: a lot of Ben's videos are educational. Oh, they're all educational. On the youtube so um you know for me for myself i go over there regularly um to learn about you know zeroing in the scopes and stuff like that so um i've actually got one of yours uh, videos downloaded onto my phone because i was in the paddock <laughs> in the paddock like an idiot uh, and i had the guy this guy with me he's like what are you watching i said just just, just let me keep doing this <laughs> um,
1: yeah yeah that's cool Yes. know. Oh, look, it, but that's what the videos are for. And, and I actually feel really honoured that it's like you've taken the time to go, hang on, this is going to help me. I'm going to download it so I can use it on it. That, that's what we create content for. You know, that's really cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Exactly. exactly. That's exactly right. So there you go, guys. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, we'll get yes. you on again. And um, for anyone who needs some thermal gear, check out uh, huntthenight.com. Probably some Ws in front of that, but we'll put a yes. in.
1: And, um, and .com.au, huntthenight.com is an American game of some sort. Anyway, yeah, yeah huntthenight.au. Um, we'll dot, dot we'll put all the
0: links below, so it's all there. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll put all the links below. That's for the YouTube. Facebook, um, I will put um, share it on my page, so you can just go on straight and group and page. So thanks very much, mate. Um, nice. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Bye for now like